Hi, my name is Bay Logan. Welcome to the Premiere Asia special DVD release of the Korean special effects martial arts actioner Volcano High. And I'm happy, pleased, and proud to have with me in the commentary booth a legend of stage and screen, Mr. Sean Connery. Sean, welcome to uh, the DVD commentary. Well, greetings, Mr. Logan. It's very nice to be here. Uh, I just want to mention I loved you in Zardoz. Now, uh, sadly, Sean let us down at the last minute, and instead I have a much preferable candidate a bona fide living expert on Korean cinema, Mike Leader. Hello, my name's Mike and I'm a red muso. Actually, if he was if he was a dead commentary expert, if he was a dead Korean film expert, we would have kind of a one-sided commentary, wouldn't it? Though I've had a few of those in the past, mentioning no names. But anyway, here we are, the opening sequences of this movie, the Korean name of which is... Wasango. Which means... Volcano. And the English title is Volcano High. And I've also seen a translation, Volcano High School. So I guess it's a movie that was made in the year 2001, which is kind of appropriate because, of course, 2001 A Space Odyssey, Stanley Kubrick's film, redefined special effects. And certainly this movie redefined Korean special effects movies. Would you agree, Mike? No, definitely. I mean, the interesting thing about the, the whole project is the script was originally uh, the competition winner in a script writing uh, competition in Korea. Mm -hmm. And even after the director wanted to do the project, he had to wait five years until special effects in Korea had come far enough that they could do the movie justice. So it was the same something argument that George Lucas said for the start. I know that's another area of expertise of yours. He said he, well, he I was couldn't... Say something that some Hong Kong movies need to learn. <laughs> yeah, but also, isn't that why George Lucas took a while to get to the Star Wars sequels? No, it took him a really long time to write that script for the Phantom <laughs> yeah, Menace. Yeah, yeah, that was really hard. Tipping that travel box out onto the table. But I think that Mr. the... Mr. Lucas, sir. But I think, you know, he, he always said in interviews that the reason he didn't because the effects technology wasn't there to do the film digitally. I mean, you always have this conflict, I think, with special effects movie, and it's always the argument that people make in the reviews that um, is the story keeping pace with the special effects technology. And I think from reading reviews and comments on the film and watching this film myself, I think the audience is divided on that. I would certainly think this is a case of style over substance, but the style itself is so striking. I can see, I mean, I think Melbourne Film Festival was the first time it was seen in the outside world, one of the first times, and people were just knocked out by it. Well, I mean, it was like one of the top 10 films in 2001 in Korea, and I think, I mean, it's, it's pretty much it's Harry Potter meets the X-Men meets The Matrix, right? with a lot of influence from all Dark those, City. All those it. elements thrown in together. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, any movie that's got a kind of Fight Club style opening like that, with yeah. the, but instead of going from the brain synapses, it's all around the... Uh, the scaffolding. What surprised me was actually how much of it's real because I mean, uh, and of course I'm such a, a, a kind of a complete novice in special effects. When I saw Fight Club, I didn't realize that so much of that house was CGI, that none of it was real. But actually when you look at the behind the scenes making off of this movie, a lot of the actual sets, it's real. Oh, and they've it actually was, superimposed it real visual sets. effects on there. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, uh, Korean cinema, as everybody knows, has had a huge uh, kind of renaissance in recent years. And the year this film came out, I mean, you look at the, uh, what a year for films. In Korea, this movie actually came in um, further down the uh, the running in terms of like the best, the, the most successful films of that year. The top film was Friend, which was a gangster movie. My Sassy Girl, best Kick movie of the last few years. My Wife is a Gangster, High Dharma, Musa was at number eight, and this Guns movie and was talk. and this movie was at number, I believe, number nine in the in the rankings for that year. So I mean, that shows you the quality because this obviously is a very commercial film. Hugely, it was number nine, and the tenth was bungee jumping on their own or of their own which was a dramatic picture but uh, I love the, the Fist of Fury uniforms which are very similar to the ones they wear in the movie Friend well I mean Korea's interesting that the education system is very similar to Japan right that it's very uniform very kind of like 1930s style mm. 
and um, it's just a very militaristic look to the school uniforms. Because I remember the first time I saw a trailer for this movie at one of the film markets, um, very ha- always very hard to tell from, you know, especially with action films. I think trailers are more deceiving for an action film than for a drama. And you can, as we all know, how many times have we seen a trailer for something like Matrix Reload? Then you go, yeah, and you see the film, and you're like, yeah, but not quite. Uh, and with this one, I remember seeing the outfits. I thought it was going to be a bit like Fist of Legend because if you remember beginning of Fist of Legend with Jet Li, they're all wearing similar outfits. But it's a gorgeous-looking film, and I think it would be, in terms of the actual use of cinema language with all the uh, the bleached tone of the cinematography, the, the combination of wire effects and uh, CGI, and just the general the, the choices they've made in terms of like the hairstylings and everything, it's always something interesting happening on the screen. Well, I mean, one thing I like is even like the way they introduce the characters. Each character is introduced almost like a video game. Right. Their name comes up, their attributes and skills. Yeah. But I mean, the one thing that's a bit weird is when the film first came out. Yeah. In addition to the subtitles, it had like um, kind of like notes accompanying subtitles. Yeah. Well, they, notes. They, they still kind of run up on the screen now as like a little computer readout. Yeah, but they're, but they're in they're Korean. Not, I don't know if they're going to be as translated. Then they're pretty hard to translate. That's the right? problem. Yeah. Because it, unfortunately, there's a couple of scenes. I'll point out one of them where those notes explain the joke much more than anything else. Right. So I, I think that uh, if I had a, uh, to praise the film, I'd say that it's one of the most visually innovative Asian action films I've seen and very much in the vein of something like um, Storm Riders, like in a way Crouching Tiger that kind of completely reinterpreted the visual nature of the genre for a new era. My probably, if I had a complaint, would be perhaps isn't that the film doesn't have, enor- doesn't de- demand an enormous emotional investment from the audience. Oh no, I mean because it's really playing on a card. That is level. the problem. I mean, it's it's sadly sometimes, especially the last few years in Korea, there's been a lot of that where films have been. Yeah. Let's make a big budget, special effects extravaganza. Right. And the script will be the last thing we'll work on. Now this girl that's being introduced here is Shin Mina, and her character name is Icy Jade Yu Cha Yi, and she's actually um, was actually in high school when this movie was being made which explains perhaps why she looks so totally believable as a high school girl. And, and when I first saw her without the makeup and everything, I was like, she's the leading lady, because you know Korea. Uh, as you can tell me, but I've never been there, but you can tell me with better experience than I, the Korean women are stunningly beautiful across the board. Yeah, I have and to I, leave now. And I saw her, <laughs> go get some kimchi. I saw her and I thought, this is the leading lady, but she absolutely grows on you in the film. I think because this is her, I believe it's her first movie or it early on. It was the first movie group. for both her and uh, Hyuk Jung, who I mean, plays the lead just out of high school then she would really have to be and his also this guy also was yeah but I also love the fact that this guy is given the greatest name his name in the movie is Hakrim but his character is also given the subtitle of Elegant Crane in a Pine Forest oh that's a beautiful name I think if I have any more kids I'm going to name my son Elegant Crane in a Pine Forest Logan unless you get there first and do you know I'm not going to name my son Logan oh okay (laughs) you better not (laughs) perhaps Weapon X there'll be questions in the house so we should just mention we did see our leading man coming in there with the dyed blonde hair his uh, who's uh, how do you say his name? Hyuk, Hyuk Jung. Hyuk Jung, right. Who and currently can be seen in public toilet, the right. latest movie from Fruit Chan. Now you see, I have a note down here: public bathroom, but public toilet. Because in America, you wouldn't have public toilet. Well, you're you not allowed to call it toilet right. in America. Yeah. You, are you not allowed to? Or it's just not used in common. I think parlance. they just use bathroom. They use bathroom or restroom. Rest, uh, public is public bathroom. Yeah, and he's been in a bunch of movies, and he's a t- also been a TV star. In but this Korea. was his first movie. And also the first movie of um, the guy that we just saw, who's uh, got that wonderful name. And his uh, real name is Kwong, say his name, Kwon Sang-woo. Sang-woo. And his career, his character name, as you mentioned now, Song Hakrim. So, which means, as you mentioned, the, the elegant, uh, what's going call it. So here we have, this was, the, I think, a shot that was used on the trailer, this first encounter between these guys. 
and uh, it's kind of it sets it up that you've got like of course the hero of the pieces it reminded me a little bit of the a kind of city hunter I mean I don't mean the character so much as if you look at the, the that Jap animation or even when Jackie did the movie there were all these kind of reactions. there's shots. that kind of naivety and right that you're not sure if he's just being sarcastic or just incredibly naive see when I saw the movie I thought trying to catch up right because I'm so behind the times with special effects that oh you know what I bet all of this is CGI the walls I mean of the of the school but oh, actually no, they're all they're all there I think the ceilings are virtual well, you know the funny thing is I went uh, for my sins I actually went to an English public school and uh, unfortunately we couldn't fly around quite like this but it was very similar in you know the uniforms what there was a secret manuscript that everyone was searching for to find Shh, ultimate kung yeah. fu and, and I found it and I moved to Hong Kong you know and that was that's the story so far but the the schools they had a lot of that. I mean, when I saw that when you meet the rugby team. If you notice, I actually didn't notice till the second viewing. Under their black fisted through jackets, they're wearing rugby shirts, yeah. just like we used to wear uh, when we were at school. And then you, we didn't have a because didn't you have a, a famous classmate or something? I, uh, Dominic uh, Keating. Dom Dominic Keating. Yes, uh, I, I almost say his real name because it's actually it Dominic Keating's Enterprise. Stage See him on Enterprise as the British weapons officer. It was funny because I was in Desmond's on Channel Four many many years ago. Is that right? About that was his first hairdressing. was his first claim to fame. Well, I called him up when I found out he was on the show and said, "Hey, you know what's cool? You're doing Star Trek." And he was like, "What are you doing?" And I said, "Hello, I'm doing a Jackie Chan movie." So it was great because I mean, we both came from that very rarefied English public school, and taking away the special effects buildings, much like the ones you're seeing in this movie. So it's not completely off topic. And you had uh, the we were like, hair, didn't you? <laughs> he, he was. <laughs> those were the days. And then he says to me, um, "You know," and we were kind of mutually could could relate to the experience of life going from being in a very you know, rarefied atmosphere of English public school to um, Star Trek and Jackie Chan. And this movie indeed is kind of Star Trek meets Jackie Chan, isn't it? Because it's a, special, a blend of special effects and martial arts action. And features Mr. Lee from the Jackie Chan stuntman team as one of the action choreographers. What's Mr. Lee's full real name? I don't know, because even when I ask the rest of the stunt Mr. team, Lee. they all just say, oh, Mr. Lee. Everybody calls, even Jackie calls him Mr. Lee. And it's like, but it's like Mong Cha Cha. Mong Cha Cha's real name is lost in the depth of time. I mean, when I first it's met him, name. he introduced himself to me as Jin Kazuyama, and I was, which took me about a second to realize that's the character from the Street Fighter video game. So that's, uh, that was his name. And then he got given man. the name of Mong Cha Cha. Because Jackie's been working with Mr. Lee long enough. You think he'd call him like Frank or something. But what are the odds that of all the Korean stuntmen in all the world, and there's an action coordinator, that, you know, that guy flashback, yeah. would look just like... <laughs> you got it right. I was watching it last night. It looked just like uh, Jackie. Jackie Chan. Is it bizarre? It is incredible. I mean... I, th I think it was a North Korean plot. You know, they're going to they're going to replace Jackie with. I think it's like the Princess Bride and the Dread Pirate Robert. Could well be that eventually, ja you know, Mr. Lee will become Jackie, and Jackie will become Mr. Lee. All right, a great expert on Korean cinema. Let's test you out. The writer and director Kim Tae Kyun. What do we know about him? Uh, we know that he he's Korean. Is, that he won this competition. This was uh, his first movie. Mm. No, he did Adventures of Mrs. Park in 1996. Which is a really funny comedy. And uh, 1998, First Kiss. What which kind of movie is that? more of a drama. And then Volcano High, which is also, which is Wasango in its uh, original Korean. And then Emergency 19. Alias Kim Kibuchi Jochi 19 Ho. Was that by any wild stretch of the imagination to do with uh, an ambulance service or a hospital or anything like that? I don't know. I've only, they sent me a poster for it and it just right. was like exploding ambulances and buildings and sure. I think it's like an earthquake kind of movie. Now I know that there are actually three people credited with the script of, of whom he is one. So I'm guessing that the other gentleman, Dong Hyun Seo and Jung Jun Chul, writing as Jung An Chul, that these people were helping him to realize his 
original concept, the one, the script that actually won him the award, the one in the uh, the prize, the best script. I think he'd done the original draft, and then they, these guys came in to help him to yeah. bring it up to scratch. Now, because the manga or anime or the kind of cartoon or comic book influence of this is so evident, I rather thought when I first heard about the the, the vehicle, because I think I heard about it when Media Asia picked it up. Because it was like a big news, they'd spend a lot of money picking up the rights for uh, for to get the rights for the film to distribute it in certain Asian territories, including Hong Kong. And I thought it was based on a Korean comic book, and in fact, which Musa was, right? Musa was which one no, was? No, uh, Flying Warriors. Flying Warriors was. Uh, Bishan Mu. Bishan Mu. Bishan Mu was based on a comic yep. book, but this was not. No. Did it subsequently become one? It became. There was a one-off, like S- special. A special edition. Oh, I see. Because it's such a, it's so comic book friendly with all the kind of the colors and the uh, digital style of the piece. I mean, it has that wonderful bleached out look. I mean, I don't know many, I'm trying to think of a similar American movie. I mean, I suppose something like The Matrix has got similar looks recently. But like the first time I remember looking at a movie that had got this kind of hyper reality to the cinematography was Three Kings. I think Fight Club was. Fight Club was the first. First, because they had that like the bleached bypass. And then of course there was Black Hawk Down. And in terms of martial arts action stuff, I remember Daredevil really playing with the bleaching of some Yeah, the problem with Daredevil was you couldn't see the action. It was too dark. Right. Well, I find that across the board with American-made action pictures that they really don't. And that's one thing that, that I really appreciate about this picture, even though it's not um, a martial arts movie per se with people showing off really complicated martial art techniques, but the action sequences that you've got are set in environments where you can really see every detail. And um, for the budget, I mean, what was the overall budget of this roughly U.S. dollar-wise? Uh, I, mean, I would say around about the, s- the five... Five million US. Really, I mean, that's incredible because I mean, if you look at some much more highly budgeted American movies, uh, the effects, there are effect sequences that are really there are some good stuff, but they get some really still some cheesy effects kind of sneak in. I mean, even the Matrix, the yeah, uh, Reloaded. There was some couple of shots. really dodgy shots. I well, mean. I think the thing is, people always have their, um, you know, the, the tendency. So I'm to having flashbacks to when I was at school <laughs> and experienced. Absolutely, like Ashburton High School was yeah. a rough place to be. You get the nails in the ass. So this school in the movie has been there for 108 years, and we should point out 108 is actually a very is a key number, like a in Asia, not just in Chinese culture but in Asian culture. 108 is a very important number. There are like the um, 108. Uh, that's why movements I live in the wooden Patkong village. That's the name. You, that's the number. You really yeah. is it really that, or you changed the name? The number. No, of the that's house? the number. Of you the went house. one night and painted it 108. No, that's, that's a good name. We get the 108 movements on the wooden dummy. You get like the 108, 108. Eight is a lucky number anyway because it's but, which sounds like fat, which is good fortune. So it's 108. So the, the, the fact that this year's this secret school has been around for 108 years, unknown to ordinary people. But then that's one aspect thing. of the movie. I mean, none of the characters seem to have an outside life no. apart from the school. Yeah, you don't live within a boarding school. Reality. There's no mention of families apart from a. Hyuk Jung mentions his family once or twice. It's a very. It's almost a very matrixy kind of thing. It's almost like they're living in this hyper-realistic world and their real bodies are in like a pod somewhere. I mean, that would be, if, that's not an element in the plot and you never see that, but it would be totally believable uh, so where this, it's so. This guy, Sorakim, is just one of the... He's the rock, isn't the he? man. He is the I mean, rock. he's in... Bishan Mu is in a supporting role. Right. He's the main villain in The Foul King. Yeah. He's in a film that I really enjoyed called High Dharma. Oh yeah, he's good in that. Dharma. He's very good. Attack the gas station, which yep. is just and by he's the also in alone. fun movie. Now I haven't seen it, but you rave about that, that movie. Is just, I've if got you're to a check fan of Korean movies, fun movie is just. It's a fun movie. Wong is a Jing's. Movie. Imagine a, Kore- a Korean Wong Jing movie. Yeah. And then the maddest thing is that the company that produced it, when they released the DVD, on the DVD they have the original scenes from the movies they're lampooning as well. Wow. So you can compare them frame for frame. So the people the didn't mind being spoofed then. No, I mean it was. What it movies was, are they spoofing? They spoof uh, Shiri, one? The Foul King, 
I think they briefly referenced this. This won't be an easy one. Move. This kind of looks like a spoof uh, in itself, though. Every every major Korean movie, Friend. Right. But he's actually, this guy's a really, f I mean, you don't get to see his physique because he's always wearing sh uh, these jackets, but he's actually built, apparently. He's very, oh, no, very I muscular mean, if you see him in The Falcon, where he's fighting Sun Kwan Ho. But this film, I think, completely uh, does away with any misapprehension you might have in uh, England about um, Asian inscrutability. This must be the least <laughs> inscrutable movie in the history of cinema. I don't think, as he, there's one of, the, one of the teachers we see a bit later, he's pretty damn inscrutable. But these guys are about as uninscrutable as you could get without you know, spontaneously combusting. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, I think, though, in some ways, that's part of the fun of it, that it, it completely throws away all the the traditional ideas and concepts right. everyone's got. Now, the our leading man, uh, Jan Hyuk, is actually not a martial artist, none of them are, but I mean, he was in school a gymnastics champion and also a middle distance runner. So at least they found somebody in good shape and he had like kind of three months of training uh, before they start. Everybody always seems to get three months of training. Is that, is that the kind of, that's a set period, like how long do you need? Three months. Yeah, like in the old I Kung Fu Donnie movies, say he only needed years. two days to train the twins. Well, that, 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 was, that was the twins and that was Donnie. I think you know, ordinary people uh, need that's three months ordinary training. Mortals. Isn't, that, isn't that how long they got on the Matrix, three months? Uh, I like think that. three to five months. the first movie, yeah, right? yeah. first one was three months. Yeah. So Charlie's Angel was here. three months. This guy, you see the guy with the orange, the orange hair? He was actually at the same time they were doing this show. He was this film. He was doing a TV series where his hair had to be black. So the poor bastard. Every uh, every night that you know after we had to go from one set to the other, he'd have to spray paint black, red, okay. black, red. If I can just interject now, go this ahead. is one of the things where the cultural reference doesn't catch on. Okay. Now the character played by Sura Kim, yeah. his character name is Ryang. Right. But his real name is Jiang Jol Cho, which means which sounds very similar to um. I'm a bollock brain. Bean paste. Bean paste. And this character, the graphics just came up, is yeah. a Chinese exchange student. So this character has banned everyone from eating bean paste in the school. Because, because it sounds like his, his name. name. But this, so this guy's guy a Chinese is a Chinese student. <laughs> he is not aware of this. So, so he, this is why he's, he's the innocent bystander. He's not trying to be funny. Ah. So this all comes. And then, so these characters are basically explaining that this. His real name is to the audience. Mr. Okay. Bean Paste. All right. It'll be well, like being called knowing, Gaylord or something. Knowing, you know, uh, the, I mean, when Brian White speaks, he has to be subtitled anyway because of that the Irish accent. He's so Brian aware of. sounds like tires from space. There is that. With his awareness of this, I'm pretty sure, and us having forewarned him on the DVD, even though we're not seeing them now because we're watching it in the uh, dubbing rooms here at MBS, but when you see it at your home, ladies and gentlemen, you'll have an option. You'll have that come up there and. Will either have the subtitle or Mike's head will pop up from the bottom of the screen. And if not, Bay Logan will personally give you your money back. Bay Logan will come and sit in your lounge and explain what each thing means. This guy's pretty damn cool. This was his oh, first Hakrim. film. First film, right? Yeah. And he came in and auditioned. They liked the look of him. They put him in. They thought this is the guy that will work the work in that particular role. He's also been in some TV dramas, including Tasty Proposal, which I'm Ooh. guessing is a love affair among chefs, and uh, Legend. And that that's what I know about him. Has he done significant other film work? I don't think so. I, I mean, I, I think, I think not, the perhaps. problem is none of the actors in here, apart from, like, say, Sura Kim or some of the supporting ones, right. really give a breakthrough performance. So actually, he has two other movies to his credit after this one. One is called uh, Make It Big, which was done in 2002, Ildan Dweyo, and My Tutor Friend, which sounds like it should be that film that Frankie made. What was it? Uh, special IQ Dudettes. And what was that based on? The Japanese thing about the... The teacher. I have no idea. It was about a, a handsome young teacher goes into a, a school and hey, all the girls. Any movie that has Anthony Carpio playing a 17-year-old student gets my vote. <laughs> you got to work. Well, Frankie was playing an 18-year-old in that, wasn't he? 
So leave my master alone. <laughs> the, he um, knows not what he has done. <laughs> the uh, also the other thing is the color coding of everybody. I mean, it's like kind of all all the hairstyles are kind of relevant to what the character's about. And it's amazing to think of a school where they're actually allowed. Everybody has to wear a, a military uniform, but you're allowed to but have actually a, in Korea in Japan now that is. That so is you can wear point. a military uniform, but you have orange streaked yeah, hair because it's you've got to wow. wear that uniform. Yeah. But you can wear your variations. What you do with it is okay. Yeah. They're cool. I mean, I, I honestly think any, anybody wearing one of those outfits automatically will look cool. You cannot look uncool wearing a, you know, the, what do you call it? Not the, I always call them the Fist of Fury. Kind of like a Mao, Mao suit. Mao yeah, yeah, I was going to say that, but I mean, yeah, you're right. It's a Mao suit, isn't it? It's funny, this movie, I don't know what the dates were, but when I looked at it again, preparing for this commentary, I was thinking, it's kind of like a Kung Fu Harry Potter, isn't it? Oh, no, it is. I mean, the only, the only thing that's missing is, at no point does anyone say my kung fu is better than you, old man. But it was like, you but know, it is. It's got that feel. He's the new student. Yeah. He's trying to fit in. He makes hmm. a few friends. There's an evil plot right. as the undercurrent. It's really all of the elements, all the stock plot elements of the old Wu Jiangpian of the old swordplay films, superimposed onto this idea that it's in this kind of mythical high school, and um, so. It's just got this, the bare bones of what Harry Potter's about. It also, when I looked at it again, I was reminded of, and I guess there may be some crossover here, that my schoolmate, The Barbarian, a wonderful title, which is Starring, Nicholas Dare um, and Stephen. Nicholas yeah, and Stephen. Directed Nicholas by Ching Su Dong, right, who so just wrapped up the Steven Seagal movie. <laughs> you know, how are the Belly mighty? of the Beast, an <laughs> apt title. Isn't perhaps. it just How are the Mighty Fallen? But let me ask you this. So the style of this film, the wire work and everything was really amazing. And I mean, particularly if you look at the behind the scenes, again, I'm sure it's available on the disc, you can see the wire work was really, and they got a lot of the actors doing their own wire work. So, and Mr. it was a Lee, purely Korean stunt team. Well, that's my question. So, but Mr. Lee, did he already do all that wire stuff before he'd worked with Jackie, or he picked up stuff from the JCT? He'd learned some of it working with Raven and working on other Korean movies. Right. But I think working with Jackie and Nikki, you got that, you get the masterpiece. Hmm. So what, this yeah. was in 201. He'd already done some stuff with Jackie. Well, yeah, Brandon. he'd already worked on High Binders and... In 201? Yeah. Did we start in 201? Oh, my God, my yeah. life has left and tuxedo. Me. My life is over. And the reason we're saying that is because at the film's just opened here in Hong Kong, and here we are in 2003. What month is it now? Uh, August. August 2003. And I must have started that film three years ago for that to be Late the case. 2000, I think. Yeah. But there's some wonderful shots. I mean, just uh, I think people talk about the film and, and really focus, understandably, on the action and the rather manic performances. But again, looking at the movie in more detail, there's some really beautifully composed shots as like cinematography that almost oh, no, look I mean, like it, they, they belong moments, in another film. Exactly. I mean, there's moments out that could be in a Zatoichi movie or right. a Baby Cart movie. Yeah. There's, later on, there's the, the fight in the forest and everything. I mean, they're just superbly shot. I think no. it's just... What a lot of people don't appreciate, perhaps, about um, Korean culture, even though there is, and you're really on the cutting edge of this rather than me, Mike, there's like a real uh, new wave of Korean cinema. But it's not just cinema, it's actually Korean pop culture is really at an all-time high. And Korean pop music, actually, was was exploding before the films really came back in a big way. Now, I understand on this movie, there was actually two separate soundtracks. This one and the Japanese had a whole different soundtrack on. The the Japanese also redid some of the special effects. Really? They, the, the Japanese market believed were not up to the level for Japan. Is that right? So some, the version that we're seeing here, though, is the original version. Yeah. And the Japanese redid some stuff for their market. Because yeah. I must say that... that and s- now, yeah. sure to upset everyone, is the fact that MTV have purchased the movie for American right. distribution and will be showing a redubbed, recut, re-edited... Really? Wacky version of it. If ever there was a movie that lends itself to MTV, this one, I would have thought minimum amount of work needed to be done. But I guess the attention span, presumably, of MTV viewers in America, the feeling. See, this is that Twitchy show. Exactly. Or Lone Wolf and Cub. 
But maybe they figure that the attention span is such that people. But I just like this whole concept that even though the guy has died, he can still point a finger in the direction of his supposed murderer. Right. That yeah, they can manage to somehow get yeah. get this poisoned dead figure to speak. But it's wonderful seeing the performances because they're just all of them are just so broad. They're like they've been painted on, you know, like not not uh, what kind of brush a roller, you know, like when you paint something on a wall with a roller. The performances are all so broad. Well, I mean, even the supporting cast are guys that have been in movies but never seem to be like in leading roles. I mean, the principal's assistant in the background is in My Sassy Girl. Yeah, he's in My Wife Is a Gangster. He's in so many movies, but always just supporting as role. a supporting role. Well, so see, I think that's one great thing that happens when you have a nation like Korea, which is big enough to support its own indigenous film industry, is that you will get leading players coming out and people really um, becoming stars. But also, by you'll have under that a great tradition of um, character players, and it'll be depend how many you have is dependent on the size of the industry. Like we probably have three: we have Francis, mm, we have Anthony Wong, we have Eric Zhang in Hong Kong, and maybe a couple of others. But I think those are the three everybody would name. Chapman now. Chapman Ho, yeah, to- totally getting up there. So maybe five. Whereas in Korea, <laughs> you've probably got fifty. Yeah. By virtue of the fact that you've got the huge TV industry that they have there, TV shows are also very very popular. But the so they changed the music for the for the Japanese version. You mentioned MTV taking the movie. So you think this is bad news for the film? Um, I'm sure to get attacked for this, but in some ways, no. I mean, mm. this is the shorter version of the film anyway. I mean, there's a 120 minute version, yeah, and there's a like a 90 minute version, 90 to minute version. See, I always feel with this, and, and make I think the film works better as a slightly shorter film because it it's a bit faster paced. Yeah. Because I think I think actually this would lend itself to doing a kind of you could break this down into a series of like five um, minute episodes. Or exactly, whatever. you know, with a little cliffhanger at the like end we of each one. Like we were going to do many years ago at Media Asia. Because you know the cliffhanger always ends with somebody suspended in mid air, right? Yeah. So you could do that like you know a bunch every ten of ter- seconds. Every ten seconds here, and it would kind of like uh, it would work. My argument, or those things, because obviously people ask me about them all the time, is that if people spend a lot of money buying something for the American market, this is another amazing shot. And again, um, it's I Dark g- City. But I think that the lower part of it is obviously a physical set, and then they're going into a, this is actually uh, an enhanced set. Yeah. But um, it's amazing to me, looking at behind the scenes, exactly how much was real that they actually physically constructed, rather than constructing. Um, so I love some of the transitions like that. Very smart. Straight out of the cell, immediately yeah. into the bamboo forest. Totally. And, and now uh, you've got the dead principal accusing him of murder. Right. And passing on the manuscript. Which is this kind of this is always the key thing in in, in like dozens and dozens of it's those old MacGuffin. period martial arts films. You know the the key manuscript, the kung fu manuscript, for which you'll become invincible. You'll learn the bloody palm. I'd like to have a good crack at dubbing this, but I guess they're going to do that on MTV anyway. I mean, I don't I know, there's, that, there's that kung fu thing that I think is being shown, which everyone F A U X, right? Yeah. yeah. Is that how it's pronounced? Thanks, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> I've been reading that for a long time now, and I had no idea kung fu. Good. I was like Kung Fu. I presume as in faux pas. Kung Fox. I thought it was Kung. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was Kung Fox, and I've been saying that to people, getting funny looks. But He's the, the one uh, swearing. I'm a good man. <laughs> but the where a good man goes, his name is Mike. But the uh, but I, I always feel that you know the original longer versions of these things. If you really become a fan and you're interested, they are available. And if you're not a fan, then you want the more commercial vehicle. And that's probably this girl. By the way, if you thought that the woman in Something About Mary had too much hair gel, look at this. She's great as well, though. I love that this, this girl's performance. She's got the real spunky. Can we use that word term and, and mention? Uh, I'm sorry, I thought I was in America. No, I, I feisty. 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 That's there what, you go. Can we say that word? We just mentioned. We just referenced. There's something about Mary. Is that, <laughs> this is actually a longer sequence where he has noodles with the leading lady, Shimina, uh, and then that was cut out. If you look at the deleted scenes, you you can see that's a longer movie. scene, and then it goes into the big kabong kabong. And then um, the girl who's playing that very funky young girl with the with the, the jellified hair, I believe, is 
Her name is... is Chai Shia. I think so. Yeah. Taking a stab in the dark. Shaidachi. Shaidachi playing Yomi, right? Yeah. Who's also been in. Um, oh, the for God's hero. sake. And Neon Sakiyaro Nyalajidara. Yeah, uh, that's just what I was so about. Turning to say. into Indonesian there. There you are. Is that how you pronounce that? I have no idea. How much Korean do you speak now? Um, no, here she is. Her name is what? Her name is Ko Hyun Jin. Yeah. That's her name. <laughs> And her character the name real is cream so Yosia. Well, you know why? Because you know when I'm looking at <laughs> the names of the characters in the movie, because I'm not familiar. Yeah. This is the guy I was mentioning yeah, earlier. Shimmer. who Dyed his hair orange and had to dye it back into dye it black every night for this TV drama. And, and it was notice, very obviously Mr. Lee doing that jump spin. <laughs> check out the uh, the rugby jersey. This is this is a rugby team, so they're all wearing rugby jerseys. Because So Kim Ra leads the mus- the bodybuilding club. Absolutely, and uh, so it's the bodybuilding club versus the rugby club so versus the wearing, kendo club. I suppose they're kind of wearing tank tops. They've all got and stuff singlets on underneath. Ah, okay, you know. The guy, by the way, the guy with the dreadlocks is uh, his character name is Golbangi. His character, his actor name is <laughs> sorry, Sang Hun Jung, because Golbangi is a Korean food. Ah, it's like a rice and eggs and right. And they have him down in the Hong Kong Princess Concho, which I think is a, it sounds like a character from like a spaghetti western. Isn't that Brian Dossett? Yes. He was discovered at the annual SBS TV Open Talent Audition. Right, what's SBS? Uh, that's the Seoul Broadcasting Service. He's a soul man, in other words. Okay. <laughs> he was a TV actor <laughs> on sitcoms. You know what his hair reminds me of? You remember Bolo in All the Wrong Clues? Choi Hart's Oh, movie? yeah. <laughs> he's got the Bolo look from All the Wrong Clues. Hang and on. he's and he now someone talented John Brennan will appear and tell him that he's going to do the not-looking style. Absolutely. And uh, Golbangi, San Hong Jong, is good at acting, singing, and also apparently can do stand-up comedy as well. So there's no beginning to his talent. That's really quite something. I wanted to point out um, Brill Cream Girl. We see her again. Who's so her, her acting name is her Kong, Kong Hyo Jin is the actress name of the actress and the character name is So, so Yo Sion. and she's been in a bunch of movies Liberame which is just go on the left of the screen uh, just that was it. the name of it Liberame was Memento Mori did you see that one that's really good Guns that's, and Guns and Talks that's What's an me- excellent movie Memento Mori what kind of movie is that it's a supernatural thriller ah Guns and Talks Guns and Talks is very much the big hit she plays female office worker it's a fantastic movie though surprise two o two otherwise it's Inju haven't seen that one. Emergency 19, we talked about. How about Conduct Zero or No Manners? Paul that's about, that's about your son, Ryan. Okay. If you can answer, I, I'll actually get you a fresh load of sushi if you can pronounce the name of the movie she made in 202. Take it away, Mike. Chiliat Bnyan Aniwa Palamanyan Nampion Girigo Taekwon Sonyi Gogogo. Otherwise known as Taekwondo Girl. So I prefer that title. It's I, a bit easier. Kind of trips off and the tongue. And a bit more catchy. By the time you, by the time you've asked for your ticket, what movie you want to see, sir? By the time you said that, the movie's over. You've got a wonder, haven't you? Then you've got to buy another ticket. Absolutely, it's a box office potential. But this girl, the uh, leading lady, really kind of impressed me because she's so fresh. Shiminata, and she's got that real like fragile beauty. There's no really described as the flower of Volcano High. That's kind of the whole. Very very, sometimes very Asian the way they describe actors and actresses in the movie. She's the flower. Of it. And she's also been uh, in a TV series called Beautiful Days. And she's in a, another movie shot this year called Madeline. Madeline? Madeline. Uh, Do you know about this? I haven't seen that one. No. And her translation of her name, I believe, is Icy. They all have these names. Icy like Girl. Icy she's Jade. the Icy Princess. Icy, Icy Princess. Jade Swordswoman. So they all sound like characters in 21. This is a great shot. I just the love The way they walk away. Yeah. Everybody's like but I just love the way there's all these transitions that everyone's getting into fights now to get the supreme power and also to recruit... Yeah. Uh, Jong Hyuk to join them. Right. They've all con- got convinced that if they have him, he will, he it's will like lead the, their know, team into victory. Some of these old Shaw Brothers movies that Celestial bringing out on DVD now, and you get like um, 
the ones made by Gulong, which are like, the, I call them the clan fiction. They're all yeah. about these different groups vying for the ultimate weapon or the ultimate manual. And, I, you know, you can enjoy the action sequences in the film, but at the end of the movie, if you actually say, what was the film about? You're like, uh, yeah, but that's like Swordsman 1, 2, and 3. And any of those, yeah, frankly. I mean, or even, I mean, that was one of the things, I mean, we the last uh, commentary we did together was Musa. I mean, one thing about Musa is you know exactly what the film's about. Exactly. It's, it's a taking group of warriors. The, right, they're taking they're, the woman they're, from... They're trapped. Right. They're trying to recover, retrieve... Yeah. The princess, but Different some of these of movies you just get lost into the the, the even, demon even, clan even, versus even the dagger clan versus the evil clan, Bitch. the leper clan. Mm. Bitch and Moo, I got no idea, you know what what that was about. If you asked me at gunpoint, if I had to go to court and testify, what was the film about, Mr. Logan? I've got no I clue. I plead the fifth. So, um, what is the director? Do you happen to know what is Kim Tai Kyun working on now, as we speak? Um, that I don't know. I think it's they're waiting for the emergency. Emergency 19 to come, come out, out right because I don't think it's been released yet so now with this film because like I say only I mean in one of the strongest years in the history of Korean cinema this film only came in at number 9 was it sufficient of a hit that they would do a sequel oh yeah I mean Korean box office is so, they, but, but so it so lends itself to a sequel it's made in 201 we're already here in 203 how come there's no follow up uh, the same way Vision Move there's not been a follow up yet well, why is that people looking for the right project the right script for it Right. Uh, like with Bish and Moo, they had a lot of accusations because they trimmed so much of the storyline right. that the director said he doesn't want to do another movie unless mm. he can really do it justice. Mm. So and now, I mean, the Bish and Moo director's developing a movie that's kind of similar themes to Bish and Moo. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's... But then you think, even with some Hong Kong movies, there's been that there should be a sequel and then there hasn't been. And in other movies, mm. like The Young and Dangerous or... Just going to run One of those run ones run. that Herman Yell said, The Deadly Night or the... Oh, yeah, yeah Troublesome Night. Troublesome Night, like raped 19 by, or something. by an angel or whatever they've got to do. Yeah, but I mean, like, Troublesome Night's up to, like, number 19 or something. You mentioned the... Uh, I think one of the, the great saving graces of the movie is the cinematography by... Yong, Yong Tok Choi. And is he a well-known cor- uh, cinematographer in Korea? He must be, surely. If he's not, he ought to be. No, I think <laughs> the most this gorgeous film especially looking, really... Yeah, this is one of the most gorgeous-looking movies. Because, I mean, they seen. did the bleach bypass. They went back and adjusted frames. Like, right. when uh, earlier when Jung Hyuk sits on the, the mm. nails. Yeah. yeah. And he gets the color just in his skin. I mean... Yeah. Uh, was there another making-of? Because I looked at the making-of stuff on the Hong Kong disc. And the, what was missing that I would have loved to have seen? There's like, a lot of fly-on-the-wall stuff. I'd love to have seen them actually talking about the movie, but I didn't see a lot of that. Have you have you seen a version of it with that on or not? It's one of the things, but it's you know as well as I do from like High Binders, I mean Struck the Medallion or Twins yep. Bet, that it all gets shot. Yeah. And then somebody else decides, oh nobody wants to see that. Right. I mean right. remember with uh, you mean in terms of the making of. Yeah. I mean yeah. even remember with my story. Yeah. When you first came into that, yeah. Everyone was almost afraid to let Jackie speak. Everyone yeah, yeah, was like, yeah. just show clips, don't right. you to speak. Yeah. This has got I think one of the best best sight gags in the movie. <laughs> That guy goes back. He does his great reaction, and uh, I love the colors. By the way, I love the, the choice. The That's choice a great wire shot, isn't it? Fantastic, That's superb. And on the makeup, you see he did quite a bit of that himself. Yeah. But this this shot, and then the, the one that that always cracks me up is just coming up. Wow. <laughs> oh, look at that. Yeah, he's been that channeling that cheek. I also like the follow-up here with the guy. Where yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking here. about. You know, it comes. Up, it's such a great shot because she plays it so well. She's so deadpan, and he gets. She's got such a typical Korean face. So many Korean girls have got that yeah. feistiness about them. So, and another thing that can't be underestimated about it is the editing, which is by Im Pyo Ko, and it's very innovative editing, very smart editing to the film. And uh, it was interesting. You know, remember the Hulk came out. People talked about the fact that uh, Ang Lee had kind of transposed a lot of the 
the aesthetic of a comic book into the editing process. I actually see the beginnings of that here with all the flashcards. Oh, no, I mean, I think exactly. I mean, the director said that he made this film for the generation that grew up surfing the internet. You know, one second you're reading the news, then you can go to a discussion board, then Mm. you go shopping, then you go to a chat room, then you go to download a music video, then you go somewhere else. Mm. But I think that's also what frustrated some people because the mood in this movie changes so much so rapidly. Right. But I... uh, I love this the, this sequence coming up here. I really enjoy because it's going to go this kind of like the she really kind of comes in and dominates and she doesn't really do anything. I also like costume choice is something that's really interesting. If you look at everybody else in the movies wearing the button up, she's the only one when she wears the when um, the icy jade wears her jacket. The top button is done up and the rest is kind of hanging down. It's kind of like uh, L.A. It's like the L.A. gangbanger style. Yeah, yeah. And she has the sleeves rolled up. And it's just detail like that. Art direction on this movie by. Yun Young Jung and Kyung Hai Kim, and this is one of the these are kind of the invisible talents of cinema because I think if they're not present, you go, my God, they're like a cheap movie. But here you look at it, and the, just the choices of colours of the different characters. I mean, the fact that you have this kind of red hakama here in the fore that is so brings that character to the, to the foreground, and then the uh, just the different blending of colours because it is tricky to do. But if you can bleach everything out, how to keep Oh, no, I mean, that's where you realize the director, the cinematographer, and the costume and art design right. have to be working so close together mm. so that you don't have a day on the set where you're wearing a shirt and they go, well, if mm. we bleach, bleach this or adjust the color, you're going to disappear. You're right. going to be... Right. Gonna I be mean, honest. we all know in Hong Kong, there's, uh, in past, there's been films where the communications between different departments have not been what it might be. I just love this as well with the spaghetti western riff kicking in. Oh, yeah, that's so cool, isn't it? And here's this guy this madman to, to kind of declare his <laughs> love. But that's what I mean. It's just perfect because it suits his character. I mean, he's got that, that kind of like lion's mane haircut yeah. with a little red on the end. But they got the uh, whole thing of like uh, Jap anima- the, the Jap animation thing. In Japan, Jap animation, whenever they, um, whenever they kind of declare their love, they never come in and say, I love you, darling. It's always kind of with all the spit coming out the side of the mouth and, and all that stuff, you know, if it's a certain kind of character. The other thing I'd never realized before this film is how goddamn sexy a woman can look carrying a shinai. Well, shinai is the bamboo go. practice sword used in uh, in kendo. So, good question. Why would Korean women be carrying kendo because equipment? Because uh, kendo is a very, very popular pastime in Korea. I mean, because of the, since the days of the Japanese occupation. I think so. I mean, oh. it's really weird. I mean, in Korea, you've got taekwondo and hapkido. Yeah. You've also got a very strong wushu presence nowadays. Mm. And you've got kendo. I mean... And it's a slight Japanese, slight Korean variation on it. Do you know, I'm just but showing off, but I think I'm wrong. I think abokan is the one. Abokan is the weapon that's got the bamboo, and shinai is the is the wooden sword. Sorry, all you devotees of uh, of, of kendo and iaido, because I actually practiced uh, kendo in my long ago youth, and I'm trying to remember the name of the particular weapon. The bokken. I think it's bokken. Yeah. Bokken is bokken the bamboo. Bokken is the bamboo. And Shinai is the bamboo sword. So we don't get to see a bamboo sword in this. We get to see the Bokken, which is the... Well, it's kind of bamboo. It's the, the bamboo sword is the Bokken, which is the practice sword from Kendo. Shinai is made of wood. I just like the, sorry, I just like the fact that his gang are more stunned by his declaration for love than anything else. <laughs> than the rest of them are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They've got that look of, but you're a boss. And even Jung Hyuk is in the background looking on in amazement. It also, it makes you realize when you look at something like this, really how well-mannered and um, kind of unimaginative most... American-made action pictures are, particularly, uh, I've got to say, coming out of this summer, which was a pretty atrocious summer in terms of uh, American-made action movies. But uh, you take a look at something like this and you go, okay, it, there may be things story-wise that don't work so well. Check but out League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. There's a lot wrong with that movie. Is that right? 
She yeah. really goes at it with this. I remember looking at the behind the scenes, and she was really allowed. To, obviously, he's padded up, but she was allowed to whack him. And Korean society sometimes seems a much more physical. I mean, like at school or even like you'll see between the action directors and the stunt guys. Yeah. They seem very. There's a lot of slapping and hitting. Almost like they're just used to it. It's a very. Mm. How would you say that's the culture? It's like yeah. It's <laughs> kind of expected. Right. They want the. Uh, <laughs> I've actually never seen a kendo practice dummy quite like that, but I think it's a really cool device. Oh, we, we always see the wooden dummy in Hong Kong movies, and this is obviously the equivalent here for them practicing their, their kendo techniques. So we're getting our kind of... In, in I like the fact that he just comes over and he's like, you've got to chill out, man. It's yeah. <laughs> This is not how to declare love. That, uh, that this guy's not... What he, and it's wonderful because he actually, when you see him off camera, he's actually quite a handsome chap, but he's kind of like playing it so goofy with all his kind of like particularly off-the-wall... Off uh, especially the teeth you know, he's, he's kind of got that that Stephen Chow fight back to right. school attitude it's the very like yeah. non sequitur humour yeah. they're very smart the way they shoot the girl as well because oh look at that that's a pretty pretty damn good wire yeah. stuff on this face so I mean I haven't seen a huge amount of this kind of wire work in Hong Kong in, in Korean movies have I missed out on the wire films or um, it's getting that the problem is there's a lot of Korean movies that have never seen the light of day outside of Korea I, I should mean, rephrase that. I have not seen films made by Koreans with a lot of this wires. I mean, because mo the tradition seemed to be that they were using Hong Kong action No, that's, a, that's what frustrates a lot of the Korean stunt guys because mm. they have the ability, but ever since, um, say, Bishenmu, it's become, oh, you've got to bring By the way, if you look at the outtakes on that, when that jumping kick comes in, you see the one time here, I think it's the shot they actually used. He got whacked on the throat, something wicked. Big time. And it was like, he was really taking his knocks. So anybody who thinks all the wire stuff is fake, <laughs> but surely not. The difference is, of course, if you've got somebody standing on the ground throwing a kick, they actually have more control because they're, they're controlling exactly, their own they're velocity. They're leaping into frame. But when you leaping leopard technique, when they come flying into frame on a wire, you really don't have any stopping power. So you're just kind of like, bang, there's <laughs> a little... Kind of this little the, the Bruce thing there with the blood coming out. And it's also, also a kind of City Hunter reference as well. Yeah, that, that oh, the City Hunter, bleeds. yeah. I mean, there was actually one of Stephen Charles movies, um, Fist of Fury 91, when he had that, you know, the, the nosebleed. That's a classic that. movie. That's a great... And that's, that's another movie where shooting. they shot so much, they made a sequel just out of the Outtakes. bits that were left on the run. Yeah, I mean, if you look at part one, Josephine Seau turns up just in one shot. Yeah. But they'd actually shot an entire movie with her and just... Really, so and that became footage. that became. And then they decided two. to go back and do a, a small amount of additional shooting kind of for the, part In the two. glory days of like the the eighties and early nineties, you could actually get away with that. I like the also the big boss kind of flashback where it's yeah. he can't because he's made a promise. He's made a promise as he's been thrown Don't out. Don't use previous your schools. martial art powers, you know. And that's uh, kind of the the uh, the kind of the get out of jail quick clause for wimps everywhere. They say, really, I could beat the crap out of you, but I made a promise to my mother, so you know I can't fight. But they were like uh, the big throwdown. She kind of comes in to save him, so you can see the setup here. And again, you know, costumes are really interesting because the fiery female character is wearing red, and our girl's wearing the more kind of like she's the more restrained, the icy princess. Yes, yeah, indeed. So, but she's really. I mean, I think sometimes when you have somebody who's a non-actor, should rephrase that, who's not an overly experienced or exposed actor actress, you get a freshness and a purity to the performance. Like when Msin Lin was in Moment of Romance. Oh no, exactly. It's because it's. Which is them. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's the same thing when she was in high school. Can you imagine, though, doing this movie and then going back to high school? Where people are dressed the same. Wouldn't it be freaky? It would be a bit freaky. I mean, I'm presuming. But I, guess I also was like this joke that, you know, the arm goes on the shoulder. You think Jung Hyuk's going to, like, yeah. throw down with him. But it's right. just, you're choking me to death. Right. I love and this line where the guy says, that's my medicine for athlete's, athlete's foot. foot medicine. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> 
that's very uh, but I think you're right about sometimes raw actors I mean it's like yeah. uh, if you look at say Bishanon where Daniel and Stephen <laughs> all made their debuts yes. and I think if they'd come in as established actors mm. there would have been a lot of limitations onto oh I'm sorry we can't do this yeah. we can't well, I think sometimes people, um, when they're, there's acting, acting, there's acting, unacting, and unacting, acting. And I think later people get reputations and they come in and they're basically, that becomes a hindrance to natural performance because they're like, well, I'm conforming to what's expected of me. Whereas when you get people who don't know what they're doing, they just come in and you basically. No, I mean, but that's one thing I will s- I'll give Daniel for continuing. I mean, like with that Dark Corridor movie, it's yeah. really not. Well, the he's kind of movie that this, this incidentally, this particular prop was one of the was used a lot of the advertising campaign. I think one of the DVD sleeves is yeah. just. There's different I just DVD love this sleeves. introduction of the Isn't five masters of death. They're like the they've got the little spaghetti western thing in there, haven't yeah. they, as well? Which is good. And where the hell is this school? I mean, well, that's what I mean. Th- what it's kind of never town mentioned. It's you know, it's somewhere in Korea, somewhere another time, Korea. another place. And indeed, and they're the five masters of discipline. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, you know, is it key numbers? It's always like five. Exactly. The five masters. The of savage death. five. Exactly. This guy looks great, by the way. Uh, I like the fact that he ca- comes in as, you know, like, I'm Hun, here to teach. His, his, Chinese, his career name is? Hu Jun Ho. His character name is? Ma Bang Jin. And he is the math, of course, the math teacher. Of course. I mean, uh, <laughs> you, you know the math teacher is going to be evil. Now, if it was the economics teacher, if it was Mr. Barlow from Ashburton High School, many people would run in terror. He's been in some other films which have interesting titles. He's been in a film called Terrorist. Yeah. Pirate, yeah, and Last Defense, and I, I think this film had the best, must have had the best production T-shirt. The name of the movie Adults is Adults Cook Herring. What the hell? <laughs> what was? I mean, first of all, that there should be a film with that title. Secondly, no, but, hey, that mean, this guy was in Hong it. Hong Kong. I mean, Miriam Young's movie Dummy Mummy Bum, Bummy about the baby. Come or on, whatever. Dummy Mummy without a baby is a better title <laughs> than Adults Cook Herring. Adults Cook Herring sounds like an, a, a Monty Python sketch. Yeah. I just like the fact that when they're all they're searching, they're They're dousing. There's one guy up on the roof. Yeah. You know, this guy, what would he be doing? Would he be cooking herring? Yeah. He's one of the adults. Is that like a porno movie with cooking? Adults yeah, And I like the, the female character is very similar to the My Wife is a Gangster look. Right. She's got that real, the Philippunky yeah, fringe. When I first saw it, because I, th- I hadn't seen My Wife is a Gangster, I thought she was going to be taking, I thought she was taking up Trinity from... Uh, Matrix. Because she had that kind of... The leather outfit. Yeah. yeah. Well, I suppose, you know... It's the, the Philippunky, Yunbu yeah. fringe. That whole thing going condoms, on there. Yeah. So this really was a, in a banner year for Korean cinema, wasn't it? Well, I mean, it? Friends classic. My Sassy Girl is the ultimate movie. I mean, yeah. and then, uh, of course, the director of Friends then wanted to make a movie called Champion, which will also be coming out from Premier Asia very right. soon. Right, that's the boxing film, right? That's the boxing movie, and that's awesome as Keep well. Boxing or boxing? Boxing. Uh, boxing. boxing. True story as well. Okay. A uh, Korean boxer who went to America to fight. Oh. Now, this movie had 20 minutes cut from the international version. So would... Cinema Services have made that. Is it the company named Cinema Services? Yeah. yeah. They, would they have decided to cut it, or they would have been told? I think to cut they it just realised that for the international market, often more than ninety minutes mm. is a hard sell. I mean, you right. know as well as I do that. I mean, on the internet, there's all the talk of oh, the Taiwanese versions of this movie that are four hours long, or the yeah. the lost print. A lot of it is yeah. There's a rough cut that first comes out that's so long, and then it just gets trimmed down. But a lot of the time as well, it's padding. Yeah. And I mean. There's a lot of movies that we all first saw as like an 85-minute you know, English dub. They don't work. That do we all fell in love and went, this yeah. is the movie. When you for. see it again, it drags. I mean, well, like the, I was Snake and Eagle Shadow yeah. or Junker Master. The English dub, I'm sorry to say, is far superior to the, the, the Chinese the full-length version. one. Well, I saw the deleted scenes that were put out on the Hong Kong disc. And I mean, I, I've never seen a full-length version, but the deleted scenes, there was nothing there where you thought, gee, I wish they would have kept that in. That's uh, what I'm saying. It's... It's just like there's actually a whole non secretary movie when this kind of actress who's not in the rest of the film, dressed up in a schoolgirl outfit, comes and kind of seduces Ali. Well, she's man. actually the cousin of Shimmer, the redheaded. Oh, 
Because that's a great scene because she comes in and she has her yeah. enticement perfume. This is, look at the spaghetti western kind of showdown here. Oh, I mean, the wire work as well in this scene is just. Super but do you see what I mean? I mean, maybe maybe it's just some weird perversion on my part. But I think girls in hackamas and with with with, with kendo swords look damn sexy. In Especially this movie. with the wind blowing as yeah. well. Yeah. But she's kind of heavy on the hair gel, that girl. I mean, it's wonderful. Yeah, but I also find choices. girls with long leather coats and fringes. Do it for you. Well, uh, Korean women do it for yeah. me. I'm sorry. But it's kind of different because normally when you see uh, warrior women fighting in movies with swords, it's pretty I mean, much... Um, like, this fight is very much like My Wife is a Gangster. Oh, absolutely. But normally they've got the game, which I mean is the Chinese. And what I like as well about this movie is it's always raining, almost. Yeah. Unless they're in the bamboo forest, it's permanently raining. That's something that we have Kurosawa to thank for, I think. Because uh, there was always after that. There's actually one sequence coming up here, which I was reminded a little bit in the structuring of it as being it was a, a, like an, an iron <coughs> monkey moment. But uh, they got like uh, the, the evidence, is the, the influences are really evident here. And, you know, there's no attempt to disguise them. It's like this is the kind of movie that we're going to make. She looks so cool. I love this so when she runs oh, in and is just intercepted by a friend. I mean, that's the this classic is kung my, fu. This is it's my, my battle. This is my fight. And, there's the, and this bit of wire work is just... Dong. This is, this, this that's a little the bit, shot. That's great, isn't it? This is like an Iron Monkey moment. Apart from that bit. When she flies up, I don't like yeah. it. When the war Have you ever been on wires? Uh, once. Because I've done actually I'm flying a, I'm upwards. I'm a hefty fellow. <laughs> Me too. I've been, flying up, been flying up from the ground to that, that level. And I mean, I really have had different... I guess a different experience now when I watch people doing wire work. I say, oh, God, I know how you poor bastards feel. Well, I mean, and I think that's the thing that a lot of people who don't know just have that opinion that, oh, yeah. we're just going to put a wire on someone oh, no. they can do it. Nonsense. You've got to learn how to balance. I mean, totally. it's hard enough to throw a kick. And act. You know, I mean, standing up. But the number of I think one thing about that shot that you mentioned just now is the poor girl flying up looks like she's thinking, oh, shit, I'm on a wire. Whereas when the, the, the character would be like, I'm flying, I know how to fly, no problem. Well, it's the same way, though, the only character who there's any explanation for why he has like supernatural power powers is Hyuk Jung. Right. Because there's a scene where he falls into the tank full of electric eels. Yeah. And it's meant to be that that's where he got his powers from. Okay. But they never explain why everyone else can fly or, yeah. or, or, or summon moisture and electricity. It's sure. just a great X-Men kind of moment. I mean, that's, right. that's the shot Isn't it there. just? There's some shots that look really like they're from a different film. I mean, I, I think I probably, if I had a complaint about this movie, it would be that you've got these in, these occasional shots, but there's not an emotional content. Emotional That's where, content. It, to me, unfortunately, Peter Powell yeah. always hits when he's a director. Though I like this sequence, and I always felt this was kind of almost in from another movie. Because the 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 lead guy is like kind of so goofy, it's very hard to have an emotional connection with the guy, you know, that he's on some kind of emotional journey. And that's the thing about Stephen Chow. Even though Stephen Chow Sing Chi is like, has the same attributes where he can pull funny faces and he can be goofy. You, you link with him. You right, he has a humanity there. This I, guy's I, just goofing. Yeah. But I think, you know, I don't necessarily, is that the fault of the director or it's the fault of the actor or the style that's been implied by the director. But I just liked her acting in this as well. Also, they're very clever. Certain shots, she's no makeup and she's lit in a way to almost be unflattering to look like a high an ordinary high school but then other shots yeah like these like shots there. are really beautiful yeah. and I think they just again the, the costume uh, choices the colour coding of the the hakama the red exactly. now she's beautiful. in the red hakama because right. now she's she's, she's acquired the passion right. of revenge and, and even the props like the uh, but what kind of school is this actually it looks just like where I went to school in Uppingham so uh, that should you know if, if any would be Uppingham Hamian <laughs> people listen to this DVD that's going to the attendance is going to go down. Well, I don't know. If, if there's lots of very, very nice Korean women in Red Hackamas, I think attendance might go up. Yeah, I might become a teacher then. <laughs> I wonder if they ask me to come back and give a lecture on Hong Kong cinema, but I don't think even the English public school system, they still don't know where Hong Kong is, let alone the cinema. I know. But I still get mail that's addressed to Hong Kong, Japan, <laughs> and Hong Kong, China. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
But I mean, I find Korean is a very melodic language. Right. I mean, it's got a similarity to Mandarin. It sounds yeah. so much nicer. I mean, Cantonese. So are you learning Korean other than by osmosis? Gradually. I mean, it's bad enough. My Cantonese, my understanding is good. You understand a lot. You understand a hell of a lot. You're shy to speak. I just, it's much I easier that way. And I understand nothing, but I'll rub it off like I know what I'm talking about. This is such a smart little moment, yeah. by the way. If oh, I, was I like the subtitle that comes up, The Sad, Cruel Days of Youth, to so explain the What are they making fun of here? No, this is why he doesn't fight. This but is I mean explaining. the style. Is this like just it's, an old this black is and white Korean, movie? This is old 1950s Korean melodrama. Kind right, of this is how they looked. Yeah. Because it reminded me a bit, I mean, it obviously looks a lot nicer, but it reminded me a bit of like the Hong Kong movies you see on late night TV where they have all the black and white melodramas happening. So it's really, the audience in Korea would go, oh, they're making fun of those things that we see. Do they play on late night TV? Oh, in yeah, Korea I mean, too? the problem is Korean film industry, like so much of it just got destroyed in the wars. I mean, in is that right? Like once Japan yeah. came in, Korean film industry could only make propaganda films. Right. Then they banned Korean language films. Uh-huh. Then the Korean War came. So, like, up until about 1953-54, there's hardly any films that survived. I mean, yeah. this is what I mean. He gets the explanation. You have Why? a flashback to yeah. his so past I guess when he was a bad boy, and then there's an explanation of his powers. I guess if you, if you go that way, you say that all the kids... Like the mutants, you know, like yeah. in the X-Men, they all have different stories. So that basically all the kids that you see in the school are ones who've had similar experiences. No, but that's what I'm saying. So Never. why explain just one of them? Right. <laughs> At least in, like, the X-Men movie, you're like, okay, these are the new characters. We're yeah. explaining it. Yeah. And then you just mention, oh, everyone else is a mutant as well. Actually, the thing, I suppose, in, 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 in terms of having, like, a school for gifted children who've got secret powers, it is kind of an X-Men oriented thing how popular are Marvel comics in Korea like do they um, are they aware of the American comic books I think not? there is I mean because there's still such a big influence from the American army right. and everything yeah and American culture is still very big there right but because the hip hop thing is really I oh, mean this movie is very hip hop yeah. I think and I mean the hip hop craze in Japan in Korea I was really amazed I mean it was Donnie's sister said to me oh they're really hip hop over there I'm like in Korea no it's easier to rap in Korean than I think it is in Cantonese do you remember this line middle of the night in Korea Jackie describing in my story why he left Loway, and he says, <laughs> middle of the night in Korea. But the, because um, uh, he told me, Jackie was saying that when they were making their movies shooting on location in Korea, that they would, they'd be like, oh, over the hill, there's a Korean company making a movie. And they were going to laugh at them. Yep. Not now. No, Not because now. that's, but I think that's unfortunately where things have happened, that it's been that terrible, for the longest time, Korea was like that. I mean, there's so many Korean movies that, just were never released outside of Korea. Right. Like, at least Hong Kong movies used to get Malaysia, Singapore, Thailand, whatever. Korean movies just used to be Korean only. Mm. I mean, like, all the guys that everyone thinks retired, like Kazabao, Dragon Lee, Wong Jun Lee, etc. They've all made a hell of a lot of films in Korea. And they've never no one's ever seen overseas them. market, right. I mean, in some cases, because they're terrible. Yeah. I mean, well, I've seen very few... I, I, I'm hard-pressed to think of a Korean movie I've seen which has... I mean, oh, no, My Wife is a Gangster which has Hong Kong-style action, it, as in action that somebody who likes Korean, Hong Kong movies would like that picture as well. Uh, and I think maybe that's one reason that Korean cinema is taking a while to get mass appeal worldwide, um, unlike Hong I think Kong also cinema. because Korean, Korea... This is the nearest thing, by yeah. the way, that we get to some real martial art technique. And Korea's never really had to subtitle the movie. This is kind of very similar to Snatch, you right. know, when Brad Pitt gets yeah. hit and goes into the pool. Which was made first? Um, I think Snatch came out first. This is cool when they go into this kind of the, the other world. It's the Matrix now. It's, it is, it's the Morpheus it? training scene. Yeah. But I think also one Mondo. of the problems was well, that totally. Korean films, 
I think, mm. are randomly subtitled in English. Whereas, like, in Hong Kong... How do you mean randomly? You mean that not the, all Koreans yeah. are, in, are subtitled? Or so like, some are, right? Yeah, so, I mean, so whereas in Hong Kong, it used to be you had to subtitle your movie in English. Yeah. So once you went overseas, there was always a, a market that could see it. Yeah. Korean films, most of them have never been subtitled. Right. And even now, like, some movies like Resurrection of a Match Girl right. have come out with no subtitles on the official release, just for... There's no apparent reason. It's like yeah. some Thai movies, like Ong Bak. Mm. Ong Bak has the Thai DVD has no no subtitles. Right. And I think that's also restricted them. That it's been harder for people to get because maybe you're a film festival and you invite someone to bring a movie. Yeah. And they're saying, well, do you want to pay for the subtitling, or yeah, no. am I going to have someone giving instantaneous translation? <laughs> well, some or do the what is it the uh, the kind of the old Thai style it used to be? They have one guy at the front of the of the, of the theater reading out something in Thai. To kind of explain what was going on on the screen. Ah, uh, Dragons Forever. Oh, remember that tape? Yeah, remember that? That, oh everyone had that tape. Oh my god! Everybody had my tape from Thailand of Dragons Forever with a guy at the front of the theatre yelling out in Thai what was happening. And on And two screen. guys eating popcorn next to the camera. Those were the days, the glory days. You don't have that anymore, do you? DVDs, pirate DVDs have become, in some cases, even more clear than the official release. The scary thing is in China now, if you get DVD nines, they have all the extras. It's yeah. very worrying. That is kind of scary. Yeah. So, um, the. Are there other films in development now which are in similar style to um, Volcano High? I'm not sure. I think now Korean films are going to take a change again because there's been a whole series of big-budget disasters. Mm. Uh, not necessarily the movies went, but just the marketing failed. I mean, right. uh, there was a science fiction movie yesterday. Yeah. Big-budget epic. That's the name of the movie? Yeah. Yesterday? Didn't make, yeah, didn't right. make movie. Money. The Resurrection of a Match Girl. Right. Very ambitious. What kind didn't of movie is that? What's that That's... I have no idea. You saw I've it. watched it repeatedly. And you can forget what it was about. And it's also got like seven different action directors. Ridley Choi directed some action. Yun Dak directed some right. action. Kwok Choi directed some action. Yeah. Yun Ban directed some action. Yeah. Korean guys did some action. Ma Yok Sing did one scene. Yeah. And the problem is all their styles are very obviously different. Yeah. So there's no cohesion. Match Girl's like a weird video game. Sorry, just want to this, this uniquely, wonderfully designed water pipe. See, there's actually another deleted sequence that began here after the leading man's been beaten up and he sees one of the masters with a chicken. Remember the yeah. chicken scene? That was a deleted scene with the chicken. And it kind of set up a bit earlier in the piece that somehow the salvation would come from water. And also uh, from him because yeah. it's the master, the principal who got killed. But again, I mean, I think it's one of the wonderful things about um, uh, production design because you don't notice it unless it's absent from a film. But just... You would never get water pipes like that necessarily. No, but, <laughs> but exactly. Just somebody sat down and yeah, that's what came in with a very visual style. And it's usually looking at the actual geography of the exterior of the school because it's actually very... I um, mean, even the framing, I mean, it almost looks like the guy in the background is a back projection it's right. because it's so bleached yeah, out. totally. But the actual geography of anybody who's been to a, a public school of this nature, I mean, the, the actual geography of the school is very uh, real. And I think that they're trying to find a few hooks there where you actually do pin it somehow into a vaguely real world not taking it completely out into fantasy. What was that movie? There was one Korean movie I saw. I think it was with Leon Lai. It was a martial arts piece. Dream of a Warrior. That was out there that somewhere. That killed that company completely. That company... I didn't think they allowed you to smoke that That movie kind never of. even made it to video or DVD I, I, in Korea because the smoke. company just disappeared. Were you allow, are you allowed to smoke that kind of stuff in Korea? I don't know. I was watching the film and I was going, what were they on? Well, you know, maybe some Korean substances yet undiscovered. I mean, this scene is... The weirdest lead in of how to get a guy and a girl together. Right. <laughs> the shower sequence. But there was actually a very smart shot that comes up after this that is almost incidental, but I thought was really clever. Looking here, right? Let's just talk through this. 
she comes up and then we establish you know one's the guys and one's the girl and yeah. boom that's kind of almost her POV but then reverse she steps into her own yeah. POV that's actually no, really I thought that was smart excellent. very clever I also like the fact that, that the guy who set it up is standing and in then the she goes story. back yeah. And, and so we haven't we haven't, we haven't shipped, we've stayed on this exact same structure of the shot and she looks across and then she goes in That's what and then there's big fake out it's her naked in the shot and it's him yeah and half the audience or more than half the audience is going this really is where Storm Riders comes in. I mean, the Storm oh, no, Riders I mean, there is a lot of influence from comes from Storm Riders from manga. And I think that's why a lot of people did think it was a comic. This book. must have been a, like a tough scene for this poor 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 guy to be in there and uh, doing like a kind of butt naked sequence. And if you look at the behind the scenes, I guess it's going to be on the DVD as well. Probably got a dancer's belt on or something. Absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. But what I think is funny is that in America it would be the normal. Oh, I've got to do a shower scene or something. I must go to the gym for a couple of months to like get really buff. <laughs> Actually, you do see him. He's pumping up using one of the weights they use to hold the lights yeah. down. <laughs> By the way, you've been to Key Club. Yeah. That, what she's wearing now, you see a brief, that's exactly the what they wear in Key Club. That's what the waiters in Key Club wear. So, but, uh, and it looks great, though. It's a really... Yeah, yeah. It's a good style. Yeah. It's funny, because Key Club, I guess, is, is Chinese, and there's more kind of like... Uh, and now the guy changes it back. <laughs> yeah, bastard. Why not? Well, you, you he's trying to get them together, right? Exactly. See, that's oh. why he's got that tear in his eye. He knows that it's salvation if the two of them get together. Oh, I see. So it's like, you know, Jade. I, you know what? I'm glad I've got you here because when I watched the movie, I guess I was, you know, not focusing enough. I thought it was kind of like they wanted to embarrass him by putting a girl in there at the same time. No. But it's, it's his friend, so it's not a, it's not a that gag. That guy it's is on the weightlifters team, but he's, he's kind of... bringing them together. He also admires oh. John Hill for it. Okay. It's so incredible. The way she <laughs> opens the door, then she looks back through the door again and sees this going on here. I think, but I think this is great. I mean, you know, this that's is why I say when the, the Japanese shots that you announced, see. oh, we're going to redo the special effects. I was like, I was like what? why? Why? You know, exactly. I mean, I mean, redo the special effects shots in Godzilla, perhaps. You'd think, right? Yeah. Well, I've seen some, you know, I mean, I think that CGI can really be the Emperor's New Clothes because people say, oh, it's got amazing CG. And you look at it and go, yeah, but you're, you're kind of critiquing it as CGI. I mean, that's one thing I liked about Bad Boys 2 and even Fast and Furious 2 yeah. was that it was real action most right. of the time. It wasn't. CGI for the sake of CGI. There yeah. are occasional bits where, okay, we're going to go to CGI because this would be far too dangerous. Right. Although Bad Boys 2 should bear a very big thank you to Jackie Chan's police story at the end of the mm. movie for stealing the entire shantytown sequence. <laughs> but it was real as opposed to, oh, let's right. just CGI everything and yeah. no one will pick up. Like, anyway. that was what disappointed me so much with The Matrix, like the big car chase, that mm. too much of it, you just knew it was CGI because yeah. the camera work was trying to be too clever for its own good. That's funny because yesterday I was met with Michelle Yeoh and they were saying exactly the same thing you're saying now that they thought The Matrix was, was kind of a fake sequence and Bad Boys 2 looked a lot better. But the, uh, she mentioned about the girl here, Shin Min Ah. She also, there's a connection with Hong Kong. She did a MTV with uh, Wong Kar Wai some time Wong ago. Wong Kar Wai's done a lot of MTVs for Who's, do, you know, do you happen to think which artist that was for? Um, kind of, I'm thinking how long ago Korean. it could have been because she was in high school when this was being shot. No, but shot. Wong Kar Wai is Always this is done great. It and this gone is great. And MTVs. Fake another fake out yeah. again. You think they're going to kiss? And she's she's, she's just she's just nobody. No way would you see that. Well, yeah. maybe you would in American pictures. I always yeah, but say then that. they'd have the big kiss anyway. Yeah. And her laugh afterwards yeah. is so natural. I mean, it's not like a movie star. I'm looking pretty laugh. It's very kind of. And then the transition thing. through the water again. Yeah. But no, I mean, Wong Kar Wai's gone off and done MTVs for a lot of people. I mean, he did DJ Shadow a couple of years ago. Well, it's funny though, because I mean, um, there was a whole thing about he was Which doing Which is a why commercial. I think 2046 has taken so long, because he keeps going off and doing other projects. There was a long interview about like Wong Kar Wai doing a commercial for some product. At the end of it, it says, it was actually shot by Wing Sha, who's a prominent local photographer, under the guidance of Wong Kar Wai. And I'm like, I mean, you know, 
full respects to Wong Doyin, who's a great director and who I had the honor of working with for one day on 2046. But uh, it's like, to me, if I hire Wong Kar-wai, I kind of want him there behind the camera. Maybe that's just me being old-fashioned. I think Wong Kar-wai is turning into Wong Jing. Just yeah. that style of... Look at that guy. In the, who's that guy? I know, in the he's background, just the background, man. Right. He's just, he's, what a great face. He's got the look and the hair and everything. He looks the part. It's brilliant. They got really... I mean, and I think that's another thing about this movie that really works is the texture that you actually have supporting players who don't really need to say or do anything. And also, while I say, even the weightlifting club, none of them are actually really well-built, if you right. know. Like they're fat or guy. they're skinny. Yeah. Yeah. But they look like a real weightlifting club. It wasn't the so American idea of, let's have everyone who's just come out of Gold's Gym. And right. Even though they're meant to be at school, they've all obviously spent 20 years pumping look at, look iron at the way steroids. They put, they put Frankenstein and the golems there. In the, 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 yeah. Not go- golem, not golem. <coughs> Frankenstein's there in the background. <laughs> they... Um, but these are sports they would actually play in a Korean school. Exactly. Judo, rugby, kendo. Um, bodybuilding. Bodybuilding. These are the actual sports they yeah. do. They play rugby? Yeah. Wow. I wouldn't know that. Goodness me. So um, I was reading some reviews of the movie. And there was a couple of films cited. The guy says, reminds me in a way of a couple of my favorite 80s films. Crime Wave. Crime Wave. Sam Raimi is be- Sam Raimi's second movie where he completely, the studio took everything away from it. It's insane. So what's the elements that are similar between Crime Wave and that and this movie? Just, it's completely off the wall. Like, the camera work. Right. I mean, it's... Three O'Clock High, I can understand the reference, like, because Three O'Clock High is the big, we're going to have the showdown with the school bully, but right. that's about the only thing I'd reference. Crime Wave, I can understand for the mad camera work and right. some of the reactions, but... And how about Three O'Clock High? Three O'Clock High is just a guy is going to fight the school bully at Three O'Clock. It's like high noon in school. Oh, okay. But... I wouldn't. Oh, really, I mean, Crime guys. Wave. I could understand the comparison, but not really Three O'clock High. These guys on the news groups. If any, if any of them could get a date, they wouldn't be. Uh, they wouldn't be spending quite so much time analysing uh, films. Who were Who Some of the stuff you read, these guys going about. You know, like they get these kind of really kind of like obscure links, and you're like going, yeah, well, you know, it really doesn't. To me, what matters is does it affect your enjoyment or your understanding of the film? And if it does, then it's information worth having. And I if mean, not, not. I agree on that sometimes. It is interesting. I mean, it's like everyone at the moment is claiming that, oh, the Matrix revolutions, it, the end fight is stolen from Nowhere to Hide or from this movie because it's it takes Nowhere place to hide in the fight between in the, the rain. Korean movie. Yeah, the fight in the rain, oh, and I'm please. like, yeah. it's not the only time anyone's ever fought in the rain. Yes, there are some similarities, but here's the Shaolin. Sorry, here's the Shaolin exactly. moment. You know, the everyone the borrows from everyone. Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of flick over between. The markets and yeah, the ending of this film. How do they miss this guy when they did that? The, the last Bond movie opens in Korea. How do they miss this guy? Because in the a coat? lot of Korean actors would not work on the movie because Why? political reasons. What because reasons? it would be bad for their careers in Korea. Yeah, because I mean that's why Rick Yun, the American Korean, did it. And a lot of Korean actors turned it down because they said it's a bit too political and too sensitive. In the movie, they're North Koreans, aren't they? Yeah, and these all the actors who could have been doing it would be South Koreans. Yeah, and it's. The same so way. Is I mean, it bad for a North for South Korean actor to play a North Korean? No, character? but it's a very touchy subject. I mean, it's the same way like I said to you when they did a movie joint security area. Yeah. Uh, veterans from the, the Korean war. army went yeah. and smashed up the offices and said there would never be a, a situation like this. Really? And they had to put a disclaimer at the end of the movie saying this is an act of fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, a, a I mean magnificent act of fiction as well. So I, I mean, think probably. that's the problem that a lot of Korean actors were worried that what if there is that it would become that your film would have no chance of ever getting an, an over... Because if, if I had to show three films 
to somebody based on my limited experience to say to prove to the world market which I still has not really taken on board Korean cinema in a broad way the way it has Hong Kong cinema or even Japanese cinema and I had to prove that Jap the Korean cinema was mature the first film I'd show them I think would be JSA uh, second one would be Shuri and the third one would be Musa I mean all three films I think are evidence of a, of a check industry. out Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance yeah I need to see that what, uh, what, three would you, what three would you show? You'd show those two? Or what? Uh, I'd show Friend, yeah. which I think is one of the strongest movies. Yeah. I mean, that to me is kind of like... Friend is a long version of the the bullet-in-the-head childhood sequence. Oh, it's okay. very kind of... Yeah. It's got that kind of feel. Yeah. Uh, Champion, right. which is just such a super... It's much better than Ali. I'm taking notes here. I'm going to go and see these and movies. I mean, I'm going to buy these after we finish the Whereas Ali was overblown, Champion's yeah. the best kind of docudrama. Right. Um... Yeah. I don't know, there's, a, there's been a whole bunch of just off-the-wall ones. I mean, there's like uh, Phantom the Submarine, which is kind of like... Is that kind of JSA That's kind of like... Lef what, what I like was, after Shiri, all the pirate DVDs of anything from Korea claim to be Shiri 2, 3, 4, oh, 5, okay. 6. Uh, but Phantom the Submarine is kind of like the Femme Nikita. Oh, okay. Meets Crimson Tide, a guy yeah. uh, wakes up, and he's now a member of a new submarine crew. Um, or, of course, awesome to quote the, the great submarine film with Sean Connery, the hunt for the hunt for that October tonight we shall into history. Thank you. I, it wouldn't be completely lost. This, yeah, I was just saying. No, so wouldn't be a Surely you you have not forgotten a Sean Connery film time. Oh, sorry, sorry. Actually, this this I think maybe this is a this maybe is just a cool shot as well. Is, but maybe League of Extraordinary Gentlemen could be described as like volcano high Sean Connery style. It's got moments and big ups to Yuji. You're the man for doing the action on the film. Now, for those people... Yuji Nagaguchi from Alpha Stance kicks ass go. with the action <laughs> in that, that movie. And for having a Bollywood star, whose name escapes me, playing Captain Nemo, accurate right. to the book, and letting loose with some major martial arts. So, you it's very good. Double whammy thumbs up. Also, Peter Wilson for doing no, that, a very good film, Sean Connery impersonation. That film hasn't actually opened in Hong Kong yet, Mike. Yeah, hasn't it? Anyway, oh dear! I really like that. Then mean, why did you give me a DVD it, of it, mate? Yeah, right. <laughs> why was it raining... All the time. That'll be the day. That, that'll be the day when I. I bay, am a pirate king. When I. It is, when it is I a wonderful bay, thing to be a pirate king. When I bay, give Mike Leader a film he's never seen before. That will be a great. There'll be a kind of crack of lightning from the I sky. I was walking through a street in China and off my the back mobile of a truck. phone rang and this guy with a Morpheus kind of voice said, Downloaded. Do you want to see The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? He's, Mike and has I said, seen films have Yes, made please. Yet. What was the film we tested you with the other day, me and Gary? The. The Brave, directed by Johnny Depp. Yeah, we, you know, we were kind of talking. Uh, uh, one of my business associates from Australia was saying, you know, one of his the great unsung movies with Johnny Depp's directorial debut, The Brave. And we're all in the room saying, no one's seen this film. I said, I know someone who has. That shot, in, now, was this the one? There was a number of times I've seen the, I was kind of thrown by the DVD cover art in Korea that it was just the front of the school. Yeah, well, the first time I ever saw anything about this movie was they sent me a poster and it was just the scaffolding with the three characters on it. Yeah, you know, Wasunga. Like, and I was like, Okay, what, what the hell is this? Right, and I think that sometimes, like we've always said, the marketing can make or break. Because if you've got a bad cover, yeah, you're going to walk straight past it. Yeah, and then there's been all those other times where you've you've grabbed something because the poster's been the most incredible thing, and then you've watched the movie and gone, it's poo. Have you seen a French movie directed, actually directed, I believe, by Kwok Joy, called Cemetery of the Samurai? Uh, I know of a movie called Les Samurai. Right, maybe maybe it was eventually released yeah. as that. Have you seen any of it? Yes. How's the action? Who? Is it? Not How's really. the action? Kwok Choi, I love you. You're the greatest. But it was Kwok Choi that did it, right? But Kwok Choi, in my opinion, is very similar to Yun Bing. Yeah. That he's a great action director, but he needs a director with a vision. Right. 
to give him that boost. Because I remember seeing a trailer for that and thinking some of the action was a little bit similar uh, to what we... The Samurai does also star Yasuki Kodata, so my man Shoji. If nothing else, it's worth watching for that. If and his very Matrixy kind of... Right. Kind of feel to it. So it has got a matrixy feel because I remember looking at that and thinking, "Geez, that's kind of a French take on." Because Volcano High seemed to me to be a Korean film that's absorbed all of that. This is another amazing shot. There's your kind of swordplay movie shot right there, from the old glory days of the chivalric filmmaking. But the um, I think also I think it's magnificent. They should actually have the maths teacher as the bad guy. In the immortal words of Oscar Wilde, algebra does not exist in the real world. And, and no, I, ag I agree entirely. I mean, I think after the third year of senior school, yeah. everything I learned in maths has really I mean, been every useful. Shot, every shot we see, this guy, kind of crop head, is always in the background. <laughs> exactly. And again, back to this. This is obviously a, the... That's uh, the Twins Effect Castle. Right. Like, yeah. And they even got into the warehouse. Actually, it's not. This it's the no, school gymnasium. But does it look like the lot on pie warehouse? <laughs> exactly. There's a there's a where just to kind of enlighten the listeners or viewers. There's a, actually a warehouse in Lot on Pai where every action film in the history of Hong Kong has shot a scene at this moment. Gen about the last the, three I years. Think Gen Y Cops was like the first one, right? I don't Early. Gen Y. Yeah. The Lost Robin Shoe movie. Oh, so many. Hit Team. Yeah. Martial Angels. Go in there, and I remember even going to Avenging watch. Fist. We went to see Highlander Endgame, <laughs> and, and there was a warehouse. It wasn't it wasn't the warehouse, but, but it looked just like yeah. the warehouse. One of the problems in Hong Kong is there's never enough locations, so when a location becomes available, for the next goes few through. years, everyone yeah. will use it until it disappears. So I remember when I saw this movie, I think, oh my God, they got into Lot on Pie. Actually, there was another scene, I think it's in this where, in the same set, where there's like a music lesson, and there's a yeah, guy, yeah, yeah. deleted scene, the guy's playing the piano, and they're all singing, oh, and what was that, that about? Well, no, that's um, the music teacher is one of the masters of discipline. Yes, of course. Uh, he's getting everyone to sing, yeah. and then a couple of the guys are coughing, and he yeah. goes, ah, you smoke. Yeah, it is illegal for you to be smoking and while then he you're kills at school. Them. And he gives them the smoke blockers technique. Oh which, my yeah. god! But that's in, uh, is it the same set? I think that they it's, use for it's, that yeah. or similar location. It's like a big gathering. Because I said, there is together. that level of discipline. That's like I was saying on I think one of the previous commentaries. Yeah, the relationships in Korea are very, you know, master and student, right. teacher and student, senpai kohai. It's that real, you you know, you I'm your senior. You must show me respect. Right, and I can smack you about the head and abuse you. Yeah. So I think I'm lucky that Kazavar and all that just look at me as a goofball. Well, you're a bit, you're a bit tall <laughs> for them. And they'd have to jump up real high. I suppose they could kick. Kazavar's uh, the man. So the, um, how come that generation are not working more behind the camera as action um, directors now? It's weird because uh, there's, it's, they're kind of a missing generation. There's all right. the guys like Kazavar, Wong Jun Lee. Everyone knows them, but for yeah. because Korean films never really did action it. From say about 1990 to about 1996, 97, mm. action films in Korea almost didn't exist. It was because you couldn't, they were counted as not good at the box office. Right. They couldn't get the budgets for them. So they um, kind of before just didn't Shiri, work. nobody believed you could ever do a gunfight in Seoul. Wow. You'd have to go to Incheon or one of the smaller towns. You wouldn't to be it. able to logistically or logistically get permission. You it. just get arrested immediately. It was considered too, wow. too risky. And then like, Shiri sort of opened doors and made people realize we can do it. Mm. And there is still that ongoing problem that a lot of Korean action guys are frustrated by that as soon as somebody announces they're going to do a movie, they mm. announce they're going to bring in a Hong Kong action team. Yeah. Now there she looks awesome. Doesn't she's got she that just real... Really? They make she's, she, she's got that... Just ha, she, But she's not very prolific. She's not a big actress in Korea. She's not become a big star. It surprises me because I think this is an awesome debut. But maybe it's the same, you know, I, I referenced But then, before. I mean, you think so many people, I mean, yeah. 
it's hard to follow. Like up, look at Angelica it? Lee from yeah. uh, Princess D and yeah. The Eye. Well, she's done a couple of things though. Yeah, but, but she's yeah, not. She's not super you, big. You know, you could stop people in the street and a lot of people yeah. wouldn't know who she Same is. Same with Msin Lin from. Yeah, uh, I mean Msin Lin's Romance, just you know, working in China and Taiwan doing TV. Doing stuff there. And I like this one. He's finally accepting his responsibility. You know, in the end, there can be only one. So there are actually three versions of the film: domestic version, international version, and Japanese version. So Japanese version basically is what? That's the it's international like version. It's the international version with about 10 more minutes from the, the mainstream version right. and slightly different special effects and music. Did you see this movie on the big screen with proper sound? Yes, I saw I it in Korea the first really? time. And oh, the theaters over there. The sound's good, isn't it? They're good. God. And they're enormous. They're like the old Hong Kong cinemas. You were the premiere for the medallion, right? Yeah. Oh, what was with that sound, huh? And it's stadium seating and, it oh, <laughs> and that tent. Last time yes. I was there it was the Hong Kong premiere of Crouching Tiger and it was equally bad. So yeah, but at least that was in the proper screening room. No, it was the same. Oh no, it exactly wasn't. the same. It was in that big barn, and uh, the the convention center, and that was that. But the um, so that's good that you got to see it in that format because I felt this music is so familiar. It's like there's yeah. a million Hong Kong movies that had a similar, similar kind beat. of theme. Well, you know what's odd is that sometimes when you do see movies on DVD, like recent Hong Kong action films, you think, well, I'm glad I saw them on DVD, even though they had a limited theatrical run. It would have been a waste of time. Because this one, yeah. I kind of miss. I would like to have seen it, and I may yet, but yeah. I'd love to see it in a theatre with proper sound. But then it's like, what I miss now is that so many Hong Kong cinemas have gone. Yeah. Like when, I, when, like when I first came to Hong Kong, when you first came, right. there were still the big cinemas where you could get the balcony seating uh, or whatever, and anymore. you chose your little well, ticket. You could, and you could basically sit there and eat an entire chicken. Yeah, or a dog, or whatever you want. Or some to. cuttlefish. You just keep your culinary habits to yourself. But you could sit there, and basically, there were no rules. Now, the, the, the ceiling, right, looks to me like an un-CGI'd ceiling of a studio. Am I being unfair? No, I know what you mean. Because it normally you see something on there, but yeah. they've got like arc lights and everything. It kind of looks like, well, that's the set. This very much looks like um, the. Remember X Men Two with yeah. that with uh, Lady Deathstrike. I mean, it's kind of. And that's why I think that the the guy who's the designer and the, the I presume the director working with the designer maybe have seen some old Marvel seen Marvel comics. I just love that when really he goes out the window. Boom. Well, it's always the thing with these these movies is like how do you when you've had some awesome action how do you build up for the finale? So one thing they keep doing here is they keep upping the stakes. And well, I mean, you can tell me in the full version it's it's the hundred minute mark yeah. when he finally makes his his stand. Right. This is great with the kind of floodlights. I mean, like... Because I said that was the original poster I saw. It was just the scaffolding with the floodlights and right. the three characters on it. And I was like, what the hell is this movie? Ah. You know, you got like the, 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 the wind Western blowing. Music. Now they all come wow. flying out, Bish and Moo and... This is great. Style, yo. And you can see why people bought the film worldwide, though. I mean, if you just showed them this last... I'll just show them a trailer. I mean, this... Ten minutes. And exactly. Like, what the hell? It's one of the movies where to cut a trailer for it is the easiest thing in... Now, I saw, actually, on the Hong Kong DVD, they have, like, an MTV with a band playing a song. Are they a popular Korean band? Are they like hip kind of Korean acts? Like they've got some very good, very good mu music makers. Oh no, makers Korean music Korean. Is, is very, very strong. I mean, even in Hong Kong now, a lot of Korean music's caught on. Yeah. But I mean, I think it's just a case of Hong Kong, the music doesn't have that crossover. Okay, you've got the Mandarin crossover. Oh. But like even Taiwan, I mean, Taiwan's got like Tension, the Taiwanese Backstreet right. Boys, which happens to have a certain Jimmy Hong. How are they doing? As one of the singers. How are they doing that tension? Pretty Are they still good? around? Yeah. Still around. I think I remember album number three or four. Oh, that's great. You know, I remember listening to the CD when they were and in... And yet, uh, surprisingly, never been marketed Medallion. in Hong Kong. Oh, isn't it? Yeah. Hong Kong market, they're very much into local poppy idols, you know, with the canto pop. I like the way these guys, they're running normally and then there's minor bits where you can tell they're yeah. on a wire where they do something outrageous. Right, right, right. 
but it's just cool. it's a real Marvel comic. It's kind of like this is how story of Ricky's action should have been. Should have been, yeah. Instead of just punching through people and. God. I mean, it's almost a similar thing. You've got the same it's amazing kind of how one person. I mean, it's like I remember when Julian was working on the medallion. I said, "How come your career didn't go the way you wanted it to do?" Maybe, and he said, "Well, Warlock one and two. No, he did Boxing Helena, and Boxing Helena kind of had a was such a negative impression. It kind of put his career back a couple of paces. Same thing with uh, oh, this is a great shot. Look at that. Oh, I mean, wow. story of Ricky destroyed Fancy One. That's what I was about to say. I mean, yeah. I remember before I the movie came stuff. out. Yeah, there's just that that shot there setting it up yeah. when she goes into battle. But I mean, before the movie came out, he had so many projects on offer, and then story of Ricky failing and just sent him it. back completely. Yeah, it's but great. I, th- I think that, that that's you I mean, know, that's that something that well frustrates me in Hong Kong now. That even with Twins Effect, they didn't really give the twins a chance to show what they'd learned. Yeah, there was one or two shots. I'll the tell twins. you what big problem that you have. I mean, not telling tales out of school, but any pop star movie in Hong Kong is time. Yeah, like well, I mean, I'm willing to bet for this movie. These people, these actors, were, were available all the time. You didn't have some idiot know, manager I mean, running in and saying, I'm sorry, well, they I have to come into MTV. When I came with the Bravo crew, and it was uh, like, Gillian was there, yeah. and they made her leave to yeah. go to an awards and come back. Come back. Charlene came, was there for a couple of hours, didn't do anything, then she oh, left, just, and then she had to come back again. It's, you know, it just it's becomes time really management. frustrating, yeah. and it's like, you know, you get the best that you can. And I think, um, considering the twins can't, really do martial arts per se and no one had seen them do an action film before I mean the box office in Hong Kong speaks for itself I mean people got off on seeing them do it you're right you know I look at it and think well if we'd only had 100% commitment hopefully they will have for twins too because my problem was I didn't see the twins really do anything that was was really exceptional (laughs) well some of the stuff actually the funny thing was earlier in the film they did more than later when they had the pole fight there's actually more no but that's what I'm saying it's like they were it hinted at greatness and it built up and built up and then stopped I yeah. love the split screen. I like the fact that everyone now is returning to split screen. But it's very much like, the, uh, as Ang Lee was praised for on the Hulk, was using that almost like the panels in the comic it's, book. Well, actually, a lot of it's very similar to, if you look at the ending of uh, Alex Price's Dark City. Right, that's a great movie, isn't it? That's you a, could kind of say that Matrix. it's more of a homage than yeah. than just a homage. It, yeah. it, it's do you know it's great? Look at this guy. His face really sells. He doesn't even have to do that much, but because he's 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 such a good actor, he sells the fact that this guy is kind of the badass. And uh, I always think that's half the battle with these things. If you've got somebody whose look kind of sells it, I know. But I think that's the problem people forget is that you might be the best action actor in the world, but you've got to be able to act or have someone who can react or can can make you come across. Why was Wong John Lee always so successful? Because he made. Everyone he didn't need to do anything, did he? But he, as a hero, because yeah. he was a great villain. But the thing about him was, he didn't actually have to do anything. As soon as Wong Jelly kind of walked in and looked at somebody, you're like, you're doomed. You know, you knew he was, uh, he was the baddest of the badasses. So here we are for the, uh, like you would have at every high school, you'd have like a, have a, a big scaffolding, and big scaffolding with lights, day spotlights, yeah. big banner and what have you, and of course, cue the rain. It wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a martial arts action. So this way now, will people start claiming, oh, actually, film. the Matrix is stolen from this moment because yeah. it's raining as well. And listen, man, raining yeah. big finale. That's Kurosawa's Seven Not Samurai. Exactly. That was the one where everybody, I think, at some level of our being, if you're if you're a, if you're if an you're a filmmaker, filmmaker you've, you've seen it. Kurosawa, I think, is really just by osmosis bled into all of us. And there's so much stuff. If you start analyzing, it goes back to him. Pe- the whole peck and path thing with the slow motion guns. I know exactly. And, but and it's just know, at the moment, yeah. now everyone's, it's purely stolen from Hong Kong. Yeah, and totally. that's why I always like, 
fact when Jackie always admits that yeah people like Brandon Lee stole from him for rapid fire and as he said yeah. to me I stole from everybody before that. Sure. I was like John Woo when you met Vic Armstrong and, and, and Vic done the big gunfight in his directorial debut and said to John Woo, like, I'm sorry. Right. And he said, I'm sorry, you know, we took so much of your stuff. And John Woo says, I'm oh, sorry, no worry, Vic, we were stealing from you for years. And I think stealing is not an appropriate term in that instance. I think, you know, you can be inspired and influenced by films that you see. I mean, what are you, you're meant to make films in a vacuum? No, exactly. Write stories in a vacuum. I mean, it's. Oh, this just has been done before, so. A boy no. meets a girl and they fall in love. Can't cover that again because it's been Well, covered. we were talking last night, weren't we, about, about remakes and John Houston's great line. He said, I don't know why they keep remaking the good movies. Why not remake the bad ones until they get them right? Yeah, I mean, why remake the Italian job and set it in America? <laughs> You've got to wonder, haven't you? And not include any of the dialogue. Uh, that's, the, that's an idea that only a Hollywood only a Hollywood executive sitting in an office But we've there. got the minis. We've got the minis. They can be in the movie. So, that'll, so it'll work, right? Yeah. And now or they're re-releasing it at the cinemas again in America. Cause the original one? No, the... The remake, because I reckon the timing is better now. Oh, please. So. Did they? Is Michael Caine in there with a cameo? No, on TV he is. Is he? Edward Norton's watching him on TV at one point. What and name? Turns off the TV just Michael before Kane. Michael Caine goes, you're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. Oh, so he's watching the, the Italian, Italian job, job on TV? Yeah. Oh, that's kind of funny. That's kind of good. Just as he realises it's the Italian job, he turns yeah. off the TV oh. and goes out. He doesn't say that line? No. Oh, bummer. Never mind. So, yeah. But I mean... The showdown in the rain is the classic ending for so many movies. It is, isn't it? Because it works. Yeah. It adds to the drama. It adds to the impact when I'm hitting you or well, you're hitting Well, isn't the stage in all of our Korean documentaries, uh, commentaries that I actually mentioned Shakespeare? But I'm going to mention it here. There's a concept in Shakespeare. It's called sympathetic nature. Tell me about sympathetic nature, Mike. Well, I don't know. I don't have one. So <laughs> 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 many a true word spoken in jest. That's all your problem. You've got No, but sympathetic nature is when the atmosphere of the scene reflects the emotions of the characters so if there's a big dramatic moment happening then you'll have rain or if there's a happy moment you'll have sunshine and it's a key element in uh in shakespeare and it's a key element in in like a whole tradition i mean this sorry this is just dark city now it's turning into dark city completely i don't remember there was there wasn't action action in dark city no the look was there wasn't it it was extraordinary i think alex preuss already already directed the first crow movie didn't yeah yeah and one day there will be the commentary from Alex Proess or the doc- the full documentary. Cause on the making of the Dark City? No, on the crow. On the crow. Because I'd love to really hear what he had to say about yeah. that film. Did he not? He wasn't involved in any of the DVDs um, subsequently. Seems to be there was some, shall we say, uh, political political shenanigans. Yeah, you know, I see behind the scenes. Yeah, but Dark City was an amazing. Dark City was movie. awesome. I think you know who turned me on to that of all people, Peter Poon. Peter Poon Tang. He told me um, check it out. It's the kind of thinking man's matrix. And oh I no, it is. It. It's good. But this is really kind of like sort of heavy metal. Boom. But you know what's nice is the way that they keep cutting back to the girl. Yeah. Because, it, again, it does. this is the one moment it does kind of anchor. This is your Highlander moment exactly, right there, that's baby. that's it. I mean, there you go. He's the Kurgan. You, yeah. You're a fan of Highlander? You were a Highlander oh, big fan. Time. Yeah, that's, I thought so. Yeah, because of Sean, right? What's, give us a Sean Connery line from Highlander. I think I am one Sanchez Villalobos Lamirage, former metallurgist to King Philip of Spain, and I bid you good day. That's crazy. By the way, if you freeze frame that Haggish. moment. When, when when the girls are running away and all the the kind of the sparks are coming down, I, those are real sparks in the yeah. rain because you can see they're going oh shit, you know whatever. In oh Korean. shit, what's oh shit in Korean? Uh, I'm not going to tell you. Come on, no, you don't know, do you? Never mind. But uh, we'll test it out. We're going to. I think that's the thing. I mean, you know as I do, sparks and water, oh. even on a supposedly safe set, yeah, it doesn't really inspire you to stand there and. It's not a good combination, especially when you're filming outside. I think it adds a certain level of author, realism, of authenticity <laughs> to the performances, though. Well, I like going, I'm going to get fried. 
I mean, I think it's, it is true because it gives you that genuine, like in Gen X when everyone's running from the explosion, it was right. a real manic. It's really, and also not much fun to film in those environments. When you're filming in the Well, I think as well, people forget is when you're filming in the rain, yeah. it's so much heavier than oh. normal rain. And the clothes. It's chubby rain, in fact. Yeah, that's what I mean. The, it's heavy. It's more painful. Sometimes even purple rain. Do you remember when Purple Storm was called Purple Rain? Yeah. I now do remember this, this that. Is kind of like the ex- remember the ending of The Exorcist 2? This was the ending of The Exorcist 2 when she comes hovering up. I've never me. managed Have to you get through the, the whole 2? of The Exorcist 2. It's pretty Because I can't impersonate Richard They're remaking Burton. it now, aren't they? They're doing like a prequel. I love this moment just when he starts freezing the molecules oh. and turning into Storm from The X-Men. What a... Yeah, the X-Men wish they had some funky moments like this. Actually, X-Men, X-Men 2, 2 was pretty was good. Rock, good. Yeah. It worked okay. But yeah. I still think some of the visuals here are really just stunning. And I, I, I don't understand anybody would have any... Uh, the, the one criticism I don't think you could have about this film... Would be the special be, effects. Well, yeah, right. I mean, story some and of the pacing in the story. Yeah. I mean, I guess you buy in... If you buy into that, uh, this particular milieu, if you buy into this wacky world, then... Fine, you know that's no problem. If you have a, if you're not, if not, and you're just looking at it, okay, visually interesting, but it's hollow. I mean, it's like to me, something like say the end of Twins Effect. Yeah. Did didn't build at least with this the build up to this enormous finale. Yeah. To me, like say Twins Effect, the ending didn't. Uh, twins is two movies in one, so yeah, I mean, it didn't do justice. This, at the this ending. film had a very evidently a very uh, cohesive vision on the part of the director. Like you say, he wrote the script. You know, waited, one five years. waited five years for effects technology to catch up, and then he pursued his vision. Whereas, with many Hong Kong movies, not just Twins Effect, you have a director, action director, producer, the stars, and everybody's kind of pursuing their own vision. And not these days, they don't. One person doesn't necessarily have complete power over uh, the, the film from start to finish. And so, this I think is good because I mean, love it or loathe it, this vision is what the director wanted to do. Oh, no, I mean, but, and that's also what you want to make because he stayed true to it. He oh, didn't This is a great movie. Imagine, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, we don't have the good fortune to live in England anymore because it's so great, the weather and everything, oh, and the diet. Uh, they've had the hottest weather in history. Have the they? Last of weeks. It won't last. But anyway, but imagine on a Sunday, Friday night, you come in and you, you know, kind of a six pack and a pizza. And this is a movie that, you know, if you're with your mates, there's a lot to like about it because it's like, it's complete no brainer. And uh, it's also completely divorced from anything it's that you're It's Grange Hill meets the X-Men. I wonder, if people, in, I wonder if people in English public schools are going to get to see this movie and go, hey, we thought we're suffering, but no. <laughs> I just like that as well, that he walks up to the villain, doesn't even do anything, and the villain slowly just collapses down. into a very deep so puddle. the teachers are dead. Who takes over the school for the... Well, you but, see, that's the whole backstory to the movie, that there were 17 years of feuding sparked by the great teachers' battle. Oh. That the schools have lost control over their pupils. Oh, okay. But there is a legend of a secret manuscript that could save the day. Now you tell us. You should have done that at the beginning, like, you know, the Star Wars scroll. And did it, was it, there was a it scroll. It was a period of civil war. Is there a scroll at the beginning of yes, this? Yes, there is, but we were talking over oh, okay, about no the weather. That's good. So he's out of it. This guy's, like, become the hero of the hour. So where would you go with Volcano High 2? Uh, I'd get a guy called Tucker and would a guy called it, Ginger. Would you call it Volcano Higher or Volcano Yet More High? For the uh, not another Volcano High. Or Volcano Too High. But I'd just get a guy called Tucker in it. You have to have someone called Tucker Jenkins. Why? From Grange Hill. Oh, <laughs> someone called Pogo. Oh, for God's sake. You used to watch that? Oh, of course. You were probably in it. Once or twice. I see. <laughs> and the guy gets the girl. And then we go into the dessert, what we call in the Hong Kong, we say the dessert scene, which is like something to kind of entertain and edify you after the film itself has finished. But I actually like the dessert scene. It works it's really fun, well. It? It's yeah. a nice yeah. payoff. Totally. But even there, she doesn't, she looks like a real high school girl. She's yeah. not 
<laughs> it's kind of goofy. Yeah, she's not the goddess of. They're very smart. They've looked at the casting. None of the other girls in the background are very pretty, and they've obviously <laughs> figured out that that's the way for me. This is great for Jackie Chan payoff. But that's like a couple of years ago. I remember when, uh, shall we say, un- somewhat unattractive young lady won Miss Hong Kong, and the two runners-up were like, yeah, even more unattractive to make her look that to make much her look special. good. <laughs> it was like everyone. Get, you know, I see pretty. But this girls. one, I mean, this is just the payoff of payoffs. I like yeah. this. That he's telling him, I'm not dead yet. It's not over. So that after all, the you think, oh, the friendship is not going to work. They're going to face off. Actually, for this sequence, if you look at the uh, behind-the-scenes stuff, you actually see this guy with the long hair. He actually almost caught his hair on fire with the sparks from yeah. the ceiling as he was, like, flying around on wires. I just like the way as well. He just, the hero, suddenly has sunglasses on. To show how cool he is. Kind of a Wong Jing moment, isn't it? So, like, but I mean, you can tell the audiences were getting ready to leave, and we're like, "Oh, it's going to be one oh, last, one last face-off, yeah. one last moment." I guess and it paved the way for a. Uh, remember when the, the Rocky movie ends like this for them about to, uh, to box? Rocky three, I think. Yeah, Gong. This was the one. Yeah, you can tell. I mean, you can see. There you go. Goes, you can actually see <laughs> him going. Out. Now he's got his aviator sunglasses. He's doing the Matrix. <laughs> it's the Matrix. Uh, yeah. God, hear that a few times. I bet, I bet they should award for them. Any, any reviewer in England who watches this DVD and The Matrix not, not meets Grange Hill meets Harry Potter meets the X-Men. We'll, we'll give an award. We'll send a free DVD. Brian will send a free DVD to any reviewer who manages not to mention The Matrix. Or what else? Crouching Down. Um, Storm Riders. Yeah, don't Do mention Storm Riders. Don't mention A Man Called Hero or I will personally come to your house. Actually, there is a lot of similarity with Man Called We didn't talk about it, did we? There was a lot of crossover with Man Called Hero. I, know, I just I was not the biggest fan of a man called Hero in any way. Yeah, I think Storm Riders had moments, mm. but Man Called Hero disappointed. The Japanese guys in there, the ninjas were wearing those kind of Mao color things, yeah. weren't they? As well, that's why I said Japan and Korea have a lot of very similar historical and cultural background. I mean, that's mm. where 2009 Lost Memories. I'm gonna get my son one. Of those. That's oh, the girl from is. the deleted scene. In the deleted sequence, she is Shimmer's cousin. What else has she been in? Uh, my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Many a true word. You and that taste for kimchi. I just wish these were subtitled. It's sometimes the annoying thing when there's an outtake that goes into the outtake now, but yeah. when some of the d- sometimes it's the annoying thing when yeah. it, same way certain credits come up in English yeah. at the moment. So this I guy's mean, is not in the film at all. Exactly. What is it? These are the latest scenes, and they got the rugby shirt. Well, these are deleted scenes or just funny these things just they shot. Sh- I think, like anything, you know, extra stuff shot and then played around with. Right. Now e- all the other teams are coming back to oh, offering membership. You. Yeah, that he should be a Join. member of the judo team, Join the rugby the judo team, team, the kendo team. <laughs> so now, music composer comes up, right, with the RF Children, which is a Korean band. Yes, playing "Get a Life Black," and, and uh, had MB Gordy. They have some very strong, uh, not just performers, but actually composers. Maybe that's our problem in Hong Kong. The no, but it's true. Very few Hong Kong movies have memorable scores that are original mm. scores for Hong Kong. I mean, that's true. You think of all the kung fu movies we watched where. It was spaghetti western music yeah. or Star Wars oh, or wholesale. Jean-Michel Jarre in Snake And it wasn't even been used in like an ironic way. Yeah. It was, it was like, it was just dumped on wholesale to kind of like accompany the action. But then I remember when you, you showed me the rough cut of like Gen X Cops and it had the, the Aerosmith. Oh yeah. And that, I it just, that. it worked so it well. Work? And then when I saw the movie and it wasn't there, I was like, oh, oh hang on. Because what, <laughs> what was re- it was replaced with was not better than yeah. or more appropriate than. And that was what, just the Aerosmith song. Just, guys, no, that was actually the the uh, the kind of, uh, what was it? Diving scene. The, the Eric Chang scene. has made his fatal parachute jump. What was the song? It's song from... Uh, it was the Aerosmith Armageddon, Don't Want to Miss a Thing. That's right. And it really worked. Of course, it, it, there were some homoerotic tendencies <laughs> there, but... 
And that's not why I like them. No. Yeah. <laughs> not that there's wrong with that. Well, Big Mike, we've come to the end of another pulse Narcissism. Pounding. There you go. That another, sums it up. Just if so you've listened to this DVD commentary, you, you are a narcissist. narcissist. So uh, better narcissism than Nazism. We've come to the end of another pulse pounding DVD well, commentary. I see by the clock on the wall that it's time to bid you one and all. Sum up one in Volcano High. Sum it up in one word. Fandabidozy. And I couldn't put it any better than that. This is I, Bay Logan, signing off here from MBS Studios, Hong Kong. Thank you and goodbye. Say goodbye in Korean, Mike. Goodbye in Korean. This is James Mason saying goodnight and have a pleasant tomorrow. And uh, Sean? Sidious!